Yo, yo, yo. <clears throat> Welcome to another episode of TCT. Joining me today. Brian, you go. You got Mohamed Lawan. Um, today we're going to be talking, you know, breaking down T segments, um, talking about very popular Netflix series that happened. Um, that I mean, I said that happened that we just watched a couple of weeks ago. And then obviously, like, the tensions going on in the world and, yeah, in my dear country, Nigeria. So, yeah, it's going to kickstart this one. And, yeah, we'll be talking about the journal of the colony first. I think, is that, is that the name of the journal? Journey of an African, of an African colony. colony. Yeah, yeah, It's a Netflix one. And actually, before we kickstart this one, I think this series is definitely um, a series that I recommend every African. doesn't matter if you're Nigerian. Does like... I feel every African should be in touch with this because watching this series will make you understand like the underlying roots of why we are so underdeveloped right now in the continent and and yeah. If you haven't watched it, pause the podcast, and go and give go it a watch, watch and, and come back. Go watch it twice, watch it three yeah. times, like take notes. Indeed, it's worth yeah, it. The guy that narrated that thing, man, guy, first of all, we have to commend him no, for yeah, research, yeah, 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 for somebody yeah, to have that. Right, right. And the thing is like, Another annoying thing is that like all these documents are out there, but our government mm. don't never mm. make conscious effort yeah. to give the masses in order for them to like again. But then again, who is the government? Fact. That's where the problem is. Yeah. Who is the government? That yeah. that's that's where the big problem is. But yeah, um, <clears throat> the journey of the African colony, my perspective was definitely one of the best documentaries I've watched so far. As I was just saying earlier, now it confirmed. Most of the conspiracy theories that I used to have in my head. Yeah, I just, yeah, you understand? It confirmed so much of it, and now it's actually made me, you know, I don't know if it's good or bad, but it's made me like believe more of my conspiracy theories because like, a guy I was so right. I was so right to certain guys, I just couldn't point names, I just couldn't, I just couldn't name names, I just couldn't point who and who were involved. Mm. But yeah, um, it pretty much documented how Nigeria, as we know it today, was initially just three companies coming together and mashing up the whole thing. No wonder we have 500 something different tribes together. Like you go you go from one state to the next it's state. A, They're a, like, yo, is this Nigeria? It's very, very wild, man. Um, it's a geographical expression, isn't it? Is that guy it's exactly. It's just that area, that nigger area, isn't it? Just those oh, I know. And by the way, and by the way, and by, and by the way, this, this, um, this name, <laughs> I don't like, I, I don't, I don't feel comfortable, man. Calling right, myself right, Nigerian right, anymore right, after right. this thing because like yeah. I feel like it's just such a slap on the face if I tell a white person, Oh yeah, I'm from Nigeria. It just feels like yeah, they're just laughing they're like, Oh, you don't you don't even <laughs> know where I came from. And guys, it's like no oh, there's so much pain that and even yeah. the word Guinea, like everything Africa everything Africa, black. Africa just makes black. black. Morocco, but like this when I check the meaning they say some some funky stuff. But literally, as in the modes, that was their area, uh-huh. they lived in Maghreb. Mm-hmm. So obviously the Europeans called it most. So when Maghreb went down mm. and the Europeans colonized, what do you think they're going to name the area of the, the, the after Morocco. Mors, Morocco? Mm-hmm. But like they named literally everything they saw black. Like couldn't you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, isn't there anything no else? No creativity, man. <laughs> man. Just black, 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 black. Fuck but the thing is, like know. even even with even with that black thing, it's not about creativity. I genuinely feel like it came from the point of hatred. Mm. Remember the thing you said about the Moors, right? Yeah. So, maybe there's another history again that we're not really aware of, just the way I wasn't aware of this one. Mm-hmm. There's another history whereby, you know, the Moors were dabbed, like, they really fucked up Europe so bad <laughs> that this guy took it. In fact, they made it personal. personal. They made it personal, like a personal thing yeah. to come yeah. to Africa yeah. and literally just, and they, 
they for and for them as well they did it like prince to um, project management man long term <laughs> but i'm telling you everything is in increment yeah, yeah. there's one stage one stage like everything Can like tell that. me the agile the whole continent no <laughs> agile is even they're generous <laughs> prince 2 is long term project <laughs> this one they have guys this one is just like half of the phase so now we're just going and um i think as opposed to like um Apart from the series, just you know, confirming some of my conspiracy theories, I think it was very was is very interesting to see how how us as Africa we don't really value like uh, our forefathers like hard work and mm-hmm. stuff because like there's no how okay say for example yeah in Abdazikwe all of, all them were sold out but you can't tell me that like the people were so comfortable just just make make sure that they're just the house boys for the for the colonial people, for the imperialists, like that they didn't want to ever better their country. Like it, it didn't make any sense to me. Seeing from that, from that aspect of unity, because I'm sure, like the you know, like they, they knew about those real people, like mm. pro, um, protesting. They knew about the market. Like they had all this knowledge in their head. But the fact that they were just so comfortable with just being in power and not doing anything, it says a lot about us, man. And yeah. It's gonna. What, what was the take on the on the series? Yeah. I mean, just to touch on your last part, I feel like for them. I mean, they learned from the best. Exactly. They learned how to govern the way the people that they took over were governing. But they did it to you. So why are you learning? <laughs> like you're learning how yeah, to focus yourself. Yeah, but that's the. I mean, if you don't, I feel like it was more of. Um, it was more of if you don't know better, right? You never really saw an option. You never like when these people. There was this former Gabon. I think they removed him, but he was there for years. And power when people were protesting, and he was just saying like. When the Europeans were here, they never held a single election. Like, no one ever voted for them. So how can you tell us about democracy? So if you take about such a system, right, you're going to implement the system the only way you've learned. If maybe there was a point in time when there was kind of a bit of democracy, mm-hmm. a bit of authoritativeness, or, or I don't know, okay, yeah, something, yeah. You be, so you, someone can have an option. But that's all you know. Like, you knew that when these people um, were facing problems, this is how they dealt with it. So when you get into power, even if you go for the most intentions, you're only going to implement your good intentions the mm. only way <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. That's a good so point. I feel like, yeah, that kind of was uh, fucked up their mentality. But back to um, the series, man. I, again, guys, go watch that stuff. Because it's, it, was, it was more of... Um, so I, I knew some of the stories. Like, obviously... You know the dickhead, Lord be God. <laughs> but I knew about the, the I knew about the um the um the Apa women's riot in nineteen twenty nine. Um I knew about uh, a few of the other stuff. I didn't know the railway one, but it was more of the fact that there is so much history or not not just even history, context mm. behind all that history that we didn't learn in school. So we're just told this thing happened. No, look at Amabate in Nigeria nineteen fourteen. <laughs> But you did, as in, you didn't tell me everything that led up to it. You didn't tell me everything that happened after. You didn't tell me how that singular piece of information is actually impacting my life right now. And I feel like if we um, revamp the education system to be to begin to go back and start teaching all our history in context, that would be better for every Nigerian. And then final note to address. <laughs> Lord Lugard, <laughs> Lord fucking Lugard. Because for me, I feel like uh, if you, with every, with every, with every empire, right, mm-hmm. has expanded its 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 reach, mm-hmm. outreach. 
there is there's an imp- I mean there's a difference between as in invading an empire invading a kingdom or an area looting it and then leaving right mm-hmm. but there's something about like you're expanding your 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 empire you want to influence the way your your way of life on to them mm-hmm. yes so you want them to begin to live like you but I feel like for this it was none of that like even now I feel like we're not in a colony of Nigeria of the UK one it was never really colonized. It was a system where these people came and intentionally <clears throat> didn't want to like impact like the, the good values on, on our country. They just wanted to take as much as they can and leave the country intentionally again, perpetually in that state of destruction. The way they set it up, yeah. the way they governed it, mm-hmm. the way they developed, like everything was intentional not to bring any benefit to this country. And I just think like that's, that's personal to me, man. Yeah. That feels like... As in, <laughs> You it's like he's talking to me as I'm gonna fuck <laughs> this I'm like yo man nah, Bro, he refu- like that. he literally refused industrialization. Like he said no, he took it to the he took it to the Middle East. In fact guy, like he said no, like mm. they say we're going to at least even the American guy, he wanted to do it for selfish reasons. Yeah, but at least he still has some humane side in yeah. there. He's like, ah right, cool, let's just mine it here. It be, in fact it'll be easier, it will be cheaper mm. for you guys to do it here as opposed to back and forth. Mm-hmm. It'll be easier to transport between because Africa is actually the middle ground between mm-hmm. America and you it would be like everything was just so there was so much advantage in creating like some industrialization this nigga yeah. said no no no, no no it's personal man mm-hmm. it's personal mm-hmm. but as you said the, the main takeaway for, for me when i when i witnessed that is as you said now now we can sit down and have a spirited debate about this mm-hmm. whereas a week ago too we probably wouldn't have literally yeah and the beauty of that comes from the fact that we now have been we've now received the knowledge mm. by means of that but it's like okay if that's out there, right, for in the end of the day, it's a documentary. There's only so much information that can fit inside. Yeah. The hosts that were giving all their credit for being able to piece that together, he sifted through a lot of important things and decided to just highlight on these super, super essential aspects to let us know about, mm-hmm. which lets me know that there's a plethora of information yeah, that we're yeah, missing out yeah. on. And the fact that this is getting our blood boiling, as well as getting us angry, it's also getting us motivated. The next step should be... Well, for the first step for those of you that haven't watched this to go and watch it yeah. then the next step should be mm. to go seek out that rest of information that that mm. host might have left behind or that he might have even seen so that we can first contextualize what it is that we're dealing with mm-hmm. where we've come from mm. so we can now create the best solution going forward mm. that now is aware of the shortcomings of our previous system so we can't fall into those traps again mm. you know yeah. i know i know one another thing again is like i think to add on your point right I think it's very important for people to watch the documentary because like as Africans, most of the time like you're, you're, like you're trapped in this bubble, you're trying to find your next meal, all that kind of stuff. It's so hard for you to even understand why all these things are, mm. ha- are happening. Yeah. So you, if you actually watch this kind of stuff, like you you realize that yeah, guy, it's not that guy that messed up. Yeah. Like this this is a whole different this is a battle like mm. this is a battle of somebody else not liking who you are as a human being. Like that's just eventually that's actually what happened. At the same time though, although this brings about like a lot of negative emotion in us, if I may twist us and give us a bit of Mandela in this, I don't feel like there's a need necessarily if that anger is what's going to motivate you to mm. be better, then indeed go ahead and have it. Yeah. But if it's just going to lead you to be angry with yeah, nothing yeah, else yeah, that will just yeah, lead yeah. to, I don't know what it may lead to, then it's of no use. We're trying to find solutions to these problems. 
I don't want to just sit down and be angry and mm-hmm. shout at one another. Then when it comes to the real world, we're still doing the same stuff. Yeah. It doesn't work that way, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I think even in a, in a way actually, I think you, there's no way you can watch this and not want to do something. Like I, I first, I don't know, as an if you feel Africa, there's no how you watch this and you just say, oh, I'll just talk about it and you know just let like be pissed off about it and then eventually let it slide like someone like me now right <clears throat> not to blow my not to blow my bubble but like i kind of i kind of felt proud in a way because i'm a very strong advocate for diasporans you know you know going back home you know as opposed to like always talking about how messed up nigeria is like at least yeah. do something for example i have a barber shop i'm pro- i mean i'm probably like three people to me like that after watching that documentary honestly i felt proud i'm like in a way i'm like shit. i'm like even though, I mean, I'm not paying these niggas, I'm not doing anything to these people, but at least I can say I have something that's helping somebody else get their next meal. Yeah. And I just want to keep building off from that. And the guy is motivated me to just do more, get more businesses there, all that kind of stuff. Because like, I feel like, again, that's the best way we can affect it. We can't, we can't win, we can't, we can't say, oh, get angry and come and do exactly, like, it's not going to happen. These guys are like, 100 years, like, ahead of us. Like, there's no how yeah. we catch up. So now, I think the most important mm-hmm. thing... You don't think so? I don't agree with that thing, but go ahead. You don't, wait, you don't think the 100 years ago... I mean, if they are, but that know how they can catch up, up. that second half of that thing, I don't agree No, no, I mean, like, we might not necessarily catch up from their own aspect of, like, like the book we're reading right now, right? Mm-hmm. Development is just... It depends on what you see development see as, as yeah. right? So, I'm talking in the context of catching up, as in, you know, reaching their own values that they set to the world. Values when it comes to, yeah. Like when it comes to that, I don't think we can ever because it's something that they evidently like taught us. So they will obviously be ahead every time. So I think the beauty of this one is Fact. again, it's like one after you see this documentary, it makes you appreciate your African heritage more. You want to do it like I feel like it should make you you know want to develop yourself from an African point of view more. Do you know what I'm saying? Like you shouldn't you shouldn't um you shouldn't conform to like the the. The stigma and the and the values they put ahead for people to you're, come on. You're you're so right. Um, if I may chime in, yeah. what breeds things like nationalism and patriotism, right? It's founded on the basis of something you feel like you're a part of something bigger than yourself. Yes, yes. And it's easy to feel that in one generation. Yes. Sure, when people converge, you can feel that power. I don't know if people have been to any protests or anything. You feel that togetherness. But deeper than that. Protest is one thing here, but my father's generation did this, we did that, we did that, and the effects of that, like, we can still feel it today. Mm. So if you look over here, although they're not proud to say to their chest, the British Empire, this, that, there's relics of it everywhere. Mm. And they always reference back to it, yeah, our forefathers, yeah, is that yeah. even America, like, yeah. all, all over these parts of the world, that patriotism comes from the fact that you feel you're part of something bigger that's been built on generation on generation. Mm. So when you come in, you too, you feel that intrinsic, almost moral obligation to contribute Fart, to this larger Fart, thing. Fart, Fart, Fart. But... For us, there's this infamous quote in politics that says there's no history of Africa, there's only a history of Europeans in Africa, right? (laughs) Right. And if we now take this 1914 onwards, for us now, that's the only Nigeria we've ever... That's only Nigeria. (laughs) But that's the only context of our existence that we've known about well enough. Mm. Now that we're presented with information like this, it now comes a time where we have to take charge of our own narrative. At least that's what something that this documentary is telling me. Mm. We have something to be proud of, even if it's not our ancient, ancient history, even in just the formation of this country. The real we have something to be, to be proud of, to want to build on top of, you know, right. and I'm like, that's right. that's where the next step should be, taking back our narrative mm. from those that have handed taking it to us this whole time. 
I'm a, I'm a writer, taking back the narrative. And actually, um, <clears throat> earlier during the week, me and Chips were having a conversation and you brought a very nice, very, very um, interesting point I've just been sitting in my head. Um, so you were saying the reason why um, the sense of nationalism in Nigeria died, mm. stemming after that documenting, was a result that like, you know, after we got in the quote-unquote independence, mm-hmm. like we didn't, we didn't see the need to like want to do any better again because we had everything on the platter of gold, right? So you had people like them, Fel, um, Fela's mom, for example, mm-hmm. that was fighting for like, you know, for like a togetherness of the nation and all that kind of stuff, the railway workers. There's like a sense of nationalism. Mm-hmm. But as soon as the white people left, and as soon as we go our quote unquote independence, stemming from say my mom's, my mom's generation and my dad's generation, they didn't have that strong sense of nationalism in them. and it just went really downhill. And I like, I like, yeah, I like, I mean, now and for me, I have a belief, right, that you don't get given power, you take power. Because if someone gives you power, that person still has power over you, because I gave it to you, it to you, I can take mm-hmm. it away. So for me, I felt like the fact that not being, not necessarily advocating for violence, right, but the fact that our independence came so trouble free, to me, it felt like there was no, that there, there was no there's no feeling that you took it for yourself so that you, you you there's no feeling of i'm fully in charge of this situation it felt more like okay because we were given this we are just kind of like proxy leaders at this like we, we, we are still going to these people are still here so in case stuff goes back we'll just go back to them and and mm. um they will take over not they will take over again but as in you could you could rely on them in a sense so it doesn't it takes away that responsibility for you to like feel like oh i've taken this thing now and this person didn't give it to me i've taken it it's all in my hands whatever happens to this thing now it's all in my responsibility i felt like if that had happened that would have created a different situation of nigeria because the, the people that that took it would not want to see as in if you if you remember like when you're a kid right and you want to go and do something and your parents or someone tells you you better make sure this thing doesn't or they give you a a, a, like they say, okay, make, make sure that um, um, you enjoy it or something. Do you get what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. You want to make sure that ah shit, I can't go back and let them know that yeah. I flow for this and I yeah. don't want it. So I feel like if if that had happened, bro, like there's no way people in in that country would feel like um, or the leaders in the country would be like, oh, when things start going bad, they'll feel like ah shit, it's fine, guys. Let's do you get what I'm saying? But then again, I have I have a question, right? To mm. follow to follow your point, just. Pro twist. <clears throat> See, people like Kenyatta that actually did fight for the oh, power. My point. They ended up becoming dictators, mm-hmm. right? Um, and from my own point of view, you're saying like you know they didn't have anything to fight, but this guy had every reason to fight. And him, his justification for being a dictator was he had to hold on to that power. And then as a result, you know, he, he, he forgot that, yo, I have to take care of my people. I have to make sure power is evenly spread among everybody mm. because he was so scared of them. So in a way, he became an instrument of destruction in a way for that yeah. one. Like, how, I mean, how, because based on your point, that's, that's yeah. what can happen. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's a possibility for that to happen. But I feel, I mean, in those kind of, in those scenarios, there might be other factors at play. Some of it might be, Exactly. Ex, um, example is the issue of Mugabe, right? Mm-hmm. Or when Castro in Cuba, mm-hmm. it's hard to be an effective leader when you're 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 starved of the 
of the um tools to be a good leader right? you get what i mean mm-hmm. so if 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 you're trying to fix the country that you're you that you just took over and make and make sure it's working right but then you have external people fighting and stuff like that there's an added um factor to that right mm-hmm. so in those scenarios i'm not saying it's totally impossible for someone to take part on in to take part forcefully mm-hmm. and then flop it right it's not it's it's still it's it still might happen mm-hmm. but if if it was something you took by um by force in a way mm. you feel a different sense of responsibility yeah. towards it that yeah. if someone need to just, protect it yeah, yeah. yeah. need to protect it like like even like, like Kagame Kagame is a perfect example mm. like now he feels like Rwanda is his response like he wants like he has a he has a dream for Rwanda stemming from everything that's happened and now he wants to create his his like the the Rwanda of his own dream yeah. his own head. I'm sure he's taking different kind of measures that uh, none of us can imagine, but like in a way, it's still same. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Kenyatta didn't didn't fully understand. Kenyatta didn't fully understand it, mm. but him, like I think him actually, you know, learning from all these past yeah. years and everything. Now it makes sense. To, it makes sense that him he wants to do his own thing yeah. his own way. So I think it's a different yeah. it's a different place. But moving forward though, more. What do you think? How do you think we should approach? The development of Africa. How do you think we approach the development of Africa, and how do you think we should see, um, we should see, um, we should see development as? Because our idea of development, we've already, we already, we've already established an idea that is flawed. Because the more we keep trying to copy them, the more we keep failing. Because we will copy that political system, education, mm-hmm. and all that, and we will just keep failing. So how, do you, how do you think we should start developing? We start seeing development, brother. <laughs> See down question. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be honest, um, and this is just me being a political, having political bias here. Please tell me. Um, as I said, one has to come initially, as we said, by owning a narrative. Mm-hmm. So, as you said, there's a superstructure that exists in the Western world that's been imposed onto us mm-hmm. um, for the most part. And a wide accept like we accepted that to like a wide degree, mm. um, and that's still what exists. Um, and going back to the conversation that we had a while back, there's a need to disassociate ourselves from that first and foremost, yeah. and mm. see what we have on ground. Now, controversial, but a period in time that wasn't really one was erased from history books, but also wasn't given a chance to see if it will fail or not was across the continent, post-independence for, independence for most um, countries, was when you had a wave of what they coined African socialism, mm. you know, along the likes of Sankara, Lumumbu, um, wow. Nkrumah as well, like, wow. you had a series of African leaders, um, we had Julius Nyerere as well, a series of African leaders who saw a fatal flaw in capitalism mm. on the continent per se, mm. mainly because they said like our the sense of community and the way we live our life it's ridiculously intertwined. Mm. So then in that sense of that individualistic mindset that comes from capitalism, we won't necessarily be able to work. Mm. Um, a system like that where you look and you incorporate the existing power structures prior to anything that was put onto us. So be it your your kingdoms or whatever localized ones that you have. And you incorporate that into a system of governance. Mm. I think that's the first step. Um, and then 
Yeah, and so only your narrative for sure. Mm. So that's taking the step back to realize truthfully where it is you're coming from yeah. and what it is that you're dealing with. Yeah. And then from there, a system of governance that, that incorporates existing power structures in your society to move yeah. forward. Because that's, that's what they did here, and that's why they're so successful. True. And I said our model can't be the same, so I have to try something else. Yeah. Well, you see, the thing, the reason why I'm asking that as well, right, is, okay, that model definitely helps our continent grow. But however, we know, like, Every, everywhere is growing at a rapid age, and obviously we're mm-hmm. probably one of the last continents to grow. In order for us to compete in the world, we need capital. Mm-hmm. And the model of capital right now is like industrialization, all that kind of stuff, and that comes hugely like a capitalist like mindset. Indeed, and that's not to do away with capitalism. Capitalism generates a ridiculous amount of wealth. Okay. You can't get rid of that. <laughs> um, but when you talk about industrialization and the growth that comes you think about the commodities and the raw material that it takes for that to happen. Right, right. Fair Where is that for the majority situated? Mm. You know, and we're going to go into it later with, with our next subject area, so I won't delve too deep into it. Um, but that idea that the rest of the world is developing and here we are, as you said, it's a purposeful model. And if, for instance, now all African countries have to shut their borders and be like, okay, we're not trading with anybody. Ooh, that in right. industrialization that you're quoting that we're seeing, it almost, almost ceased to exist because mm-hmm. of the structure that exists. So if you're talking mm-hmm. about that, um, having that need to industrialize on our continent, yeah. then it has to be a conscious effort from, yeah. I guess, African leaders across the board mm-hmm. to be able to come together, oh. <laughs> cartel-esque um, yeah. movement, and, and then... Um, I guess you have an equal trade-off between yeah. what's being sent and what's being brought in yeah. with the purpose of developing at home, mm. you know, so that you can no longer have that being hung over your head and be subject to the markets of these commodities that you're trading and all this stuff and allowing them to industrialize without your help. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, I don't want yeah. to... No, no, but thing is like, so, uh, sorry, one, one, one more point that was coming to my head, right? It's just like, what, like, what leverage did these people have over... I don't understand why African leaders don't understand the kind of power they have. Like it doesn't make like I don't understand like it's everything is all from fear mm-hmm. like literally mm-hmm. it's all from fear mm-hmm. because like literally if all of them come, like fifty or fifty one countries in in, mm-hmm. in Africa if they all come together today like the whole world will literally yeah. pee on their pants literally I I think there's two things right let's hear so it one is education and awareness indeed right? because an educated man will always free itself right so for one most of them don't know so most of them are not even aware of, of the way they're getting screwed over or aware of, on the other side of the opportunities and benefits they'll be getting the um if they choose to, to yeah. yeah choose a different path but a second thing uh second um answer to that which i was going to demo at the book club but i'll just premiere it now is um <laughs> exclusive, exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> um but it's religion and I would say on I'll the flip it. side, right, we actually need religion, but we need religion in a different way that we think about religion. Yeah. Sure. So, when I was reading that book that we're reading for the book club, um, the How oh, to Europe Under the Middle of Africa, I know, and it, what it, you're writing, by the way, in case I'm not writing, yeah, it touched on the point, there was a quote by someone called Ibn Khaldun, who was from Maghreb. Yeah, modern day Morocco or Tunisia or those areas. And he dropped a quote. I can't I'm paraphrasing everything, right? But what he was talking about was the role that Islam played in the development of that area. Mm-hmm. Because he was like the point of religion oh, yeah. 
is for the moral and material benefits of the civilization. Mm-hmm. Now, most of us keep most of us interpret religion as this spiritual thing. If he was touching that, it's a, it's a spiritual thing. It's something bigger than you, right? But um, people think about the point of religion is to get to that spiritual mm-hmm. place or mm-hmm. that place of heaven or hell or wherever it is. But actually, the main point of it is your is your moral and material, like what you're actually doing here on earth. Mm-hmm. And if you look at every great empire, they all had a religion. The Romans had Pax Romana, mm-hmm. which is not really a conventional religion, mm-hmm. but it had a religion in the sense of it's a, a set of principles and ideologies mm-hmm. that guided the way they morally and materially dealt with their civilization. Mm-hmm. The Europeans had Christianity, the Arabs had Islam, America has capitalism. Yeah. Because even though they might have different religions, they have people that have secular destiny. Mm-hmm. Capitalism is their central religion. Scientology, all that stuff. They believe in that, so and that's problem. how they treat themselves, yeah. and that's how they treat the environment. Yeah. But I feel like the religion that was given to Africa only touched on the moral part. So only touched on things like um, forgive your enemies. Forgive and forget. Purposefully. Purposefully. And it never touched on the fact that on the material aspect of how we're meant to do with our civilization. Which, if you go back in time, you probably see that that was the religion our ancestors had. Because our ancestors had a way of dealing with their environment. It might not have been the most efficient, but at least that religion covered both parts. It covered the way they treated each other and covered the way they gave it to them. Imagine how it strike you, man. And yeah, you exactly. Them. Things like that. Like, okay, I, I have to grow... Um, like if if how I'm plant um the way the way they saw their environment, like mm-hmm. okay, I have to grow this kind of crop, I have to grow this kind mm-hmm. of things, I have to build this kind of industry, I have to do all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I feel right now for us, one, if you get the education down, get people more aware, then knowing mm-hmm. what the hell is going on. Mm-hmm. And two, we need to build a new religion that actually touches on on what we value in the way we want to do with our moral and material. But we can't leave that part off. Religion can no longer just be spirituality let's go to church let's go to mosque let's pray and understand it has to touch about the material aspects of what we're doing as our civilization you say building first of all wow <laughs> phenomenal <laughs> um but secondly when you say that do you mean building on the backbone of the existing religions in these structures or like as you said our america has created this monster that we are now all subject to first of all i mean whatever um whatever if you want to be a christian muslim buddhist that's fine but the, the country has to have one common religion i mean one set of principles in that the, everybody believes in you can have ad hoc principles as well anything you want you want to adopt it the christian or this thing but we have a singular common religion mm. not necessarily religion in the way that people interpret it but those set of principles and ideologies that is, is ingrained in every one of us. This is just how we operate. Mm. And once that happens, then you, you stop seeing the factions. Yeah. You stop seeing people seeing yourself as Northerner, Eastern, yeah. this. Because everybody has that same common mindset. True. Do you know why we're <coughs> ripe for that, though? Mm. Because, as you said, we do have, for the most part, if we pick out our country, there's two separate religions and then the minor yeah. in between. As you said, they focus on the spiritual aspect. Now, in that sense, they run parallel with each other. That spiritual aspect of religion for all these groups I'm mm. talking about. So there's an ease in making that, I guess, one uniform solution there. And the beautiful side is when you talk about that's the moral side taken care of. Yeah. Now the material, there is 
like no not even a foundation to build on which is beautiful mm. because it means there's no preconceived notions exactly. that can be argued with yeah, or whatever exactly. we can actually exactly. all come to the table yeah. and come up with a solution yeah. Yeah. that we're, we're ripe for that that's yeah. phenomenal that's yeah literally and that, yeah go <laughs> to, add a, to add a point again I, I think that's a very very interesting take in terms of like you know having a universal thing because I honestly think that's the only way like you know you can bind people together mm-hmm. even from a political point of view right so for example now like now that all this whatever is happening in Nigeria and stuff ah, it's the northern Nigeria it's creating like a, narrative, a negative narrative that is not necessarily solving the problem because you're seeing northerners from that point of view and like oh everybody they have that kind of ideology so like you're not really helping them from that point of view, you understand? Mm. But if you have this centralized thing where everybody believes in, you know, if a president, because it creates a sense of patriotism, yeah. which is touches back to exactly what he said, right? Nationalism, yeah. patriotism, yeah. whatever that thing is. If you have that one thing, you know that whoever is in power is like, he's coming to honor the country because the whole country believes in that. Yeah. As opposed to, this yeah. is my religion, yeah. so yeah. cool, I'm going to do that. And, sorry, so it's actually interesting to think of the fact that even though the Europeans were Christian, why didn't they change the northern as in to Islam? Because most places that do colonize, they change the religion for everyone. Like, the Arabs made everyone there. I mean, mm. um, I think in the book he touched about, um, there was a part, I think, somewhere in the East Africa, it was easy for them to change religion when they got a new conquerors who were Christian, right, from mm-hmm. Islam. Because ideally, or vice versa, I can't remember. Because fundamentally, they never really believed in Islam like that, right? But regardless of whether you believe it or not, this is, you get like, for, for the empire, to, for, for them to actually be productive in those new empires or colonies, or colonies they had built, mm-hmm. everybody had a common, mm-hmm. like, philosophy or idea. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, they feel like they, they didn't want to centralize I have a take on that actually. Yeah. Night. Go on, go on. But my conspiracy theory, again, and I'm sure this, this mm-hmm. guy in season two will bring it back. But my thing is, with the North, I think Lugaro was very calculated, like, he, I think he purposely wouldn't have done that because he wanted them to feel some part of power. Like he wanted them to feel like, yeah, you two are more superior than me. So if he tells them that, those people have no question to execute mm. them because he left them to be whoever they were, whoever they wanted to be or whatever like that. So in terms of independence as well, stemming to right now, mm. it makes much sense that their system work efficiently mm. because geographically, the North had so much people and in order for them to establish as much, because bro, they were tensioning them, like all these, mm. all these like strikes and everything. They already know that the Southerners are always going to like you know rebel, and they would have probably liberated themselves and everything. So in order for them to keep control, mm. it was very easy for them, you know, to leave the North the way they are, make them feel like you know what, you guys are a bit more special than people down here. Even that that famous quote by the Shehu. Was that will I be able to practice my religion in peace? Mm-hmm. And because of probably because of that, that was probably you have a sense easier. of respect, yeah. but you know, what because I mean? like, if if you were like, now nah, fuck, I'm gonna change, they would have the not with the public, like, nah, you're not, you get what I'm there would have been more resistance to it. But the fact that maybe they let them have their religion was like it gave them that sense of okay, we're different, yeah, we're different, yeah. and we have more power. Yeah. And, and the thing is, like, I to today don't believe like the British people like purposely give the the um. They're not like power in Nigeria just because of the geographical side. I think they did that intentionally because that already conditioned them to be like the sole like dominators of like ne- the, the quote unquote Nigeria that was going to happen because they had to bro, because if the proper if um if the South 
had as much power or the East had as much power. Nigeria won't be the way Nigeria is right mm-hmm. now. But you have to have the, the the most people that have that the most geographical, you have to give them that power in order for your ideas to keep flourishing over and over and over and over and over again. Mm. And that's why that that's my that's my conspiracy behind it. Mm. Um, so I, I hope this guy I hope this guy confirms it my season too. I'll be so proud of myself. I'm, I I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, actually, do you want to go? No, unless you're changing the topic. No, the question not necessarily changing, but um, so the. The superstructure in the north before the Europeans came, right? Mm. Was it, was, was, did that, was it like uh, information was still consolidated between like the oligarchs or the elites and then most of the other people were out of... Was it feudal like, system? Was most yeah. Yeah. Although, although, although you say it, is, it was indeed feudal, but, and to tie into the, one of the reasons why overthrowing religion in the north had been a difficult task is that... Islam, unlike any other religion I've ever seen before, is so heavily entrenched in every aspect of life mm. and very much internalized by yeah. its followership. Yeah. Um, so on the one hand, if you look at why Lugard decided not to, you're basically telling somebody to stop fundamentally being themselves, mm. which in turn would could easily see us going down the road of bigger rebellion. But then also on the one side, the reason why he was also okay with and answering the Shehu yes to that question that he asked was because the system of governance as well as education was solely based around Islam, they could count on the fact that whereas in the South you're seeing individuals that are getting educated and aware of how their systems are facts, working, facts, then they facts. can now begin to use those tools against facts, them. You're like, okay, facts, facts. you're choosing to be ignorant and choosing live live your lifestyle, which means that you have you you are not really, I guess tapped in or as aware of what I am doing yeah. and that works yeah. perfectly for me you know yeah. it's a good compromise for the two but then as you said in that superstructure definitely um, the highest form of knowledge would, would have been Islamic knowledge which yeah. is readily available for everybody yeah. you know and that's so, what separates so you people that were not like just commoners right mm-hmm. did they have access to information just that the information is was solely about Islam or even then, they didn't have access to information. Like, what kind of information are you speaking about, though? Just general, like, was there any? I mean, was there? I mean, was there? Was there? Was there a way for um for uh, for anyone to acquire the knowledge that yeah, what, what, Sultan will have? Yeah. I, I, I know. Was, I, there, was there like? Sorry, was there like like? You know how you have different facets of society, but mm-hmm. you could have like the okay. These are the. This is the the king. This is the. Even in the Somali Jews, they yeah. had the Pharisees, they had the Sadducees. They exactly you had this, you had that. Did you, were there all this faction, or it was just the king and everyone else? No, there's definitely levels to society. Yeah. There's the king, there's high society, there's landowners, um, yeah. there's Islamic scholars. Like that. That. By the way, Islamic scholars were a huge thing. By the oh, way, that's so that's something that people don't actually highlight. Like the North is not as uneducated as people actually. No, make but but that's where the value of education. That's where the side yeah. of education came from. True. The fundamental principle in Islam is to seek knowledge. Yeah. You know, but naturally there's just a such a wealth of Islamic knowledge, mm-hmm. which has transcended so many aspects of life. If you talk about the Ottoman Empire and how many like discoveries are made during that time, mm-hmm. it makes sense. But then it's so easy to be so inside that realm of Islam and the Islamic world because there's so much knowledge in that space. Mm-hmm. It's difficult to break out. Plus, that need to keep the knowledge like sphere pure um 
so delving into secular information and all mm. that wasn't necessarily seen as, I guess, the highest, like, I don't know, the mm. best thing to be doing when there's so much Islamic knowledge yet to, mm. you know. So pre-Lugad, information was dispersed, it was decimated across different, not you, everyone, you have, you have, you before, to, but at least there were different factions that could get information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this was, again, I feel like Lugad's design to actually bring that culture of, like, stifling information. I'll, I'll actually say yes. Yeah. Because when he conquered the Sukkot Caliphate, right? Mm. I feel like there's no how Lugard is that daft not to appoint people that will like solely bow down to him as mm. like their soul, the, their, yeah. yeah, their soul leader. Because the fact that like you know he he's put in that position of power, you you feel some kind of importance. So he probably maybe controlled the way people like got educated mm. or whatever. You know, like he controlled the population's education in a way. I don't know how he did it, but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sure in his own quest for power, like there's no how you're a powerful person and you want everybody to be as liberated as you. It doesn't make sense, you, like, especially with the kind of intentions he came with. There's no how he wanted anyone to be as intelligent as he. So whoever, maybe the leaders he put in there contributed to maybe like the lack of education or lack of um, mm. like but lack I, of development. Well, you tapped into that then as well as Nigeria today. And I don't know if that's by design, this idea that, okay, so it's clear the reigns of Nigeria was very much handed to the North. It yeah. was. That's just without dispute. Mm. Um, and as you say, these people rarely do things on impulse. It's very much an educated decision. And we've seen time and time again, be it in their local communities all the way up to federal level, um, Nigerian leaders from the North neglect their people and the North is ridiculously underdeveloped as a result. The narrative we were sold was it's been left in the hands of the Northerners because truthfully they've been so underdeveloped yeah. through this period and if like effectively if they have the reins then they can begin to develop their communities and create, I don't know, this metropolis that they never had before. That was the narrative we were sold way back when. However, we have seen the fact that that's not what was done. Mm. And I'm just wondering whether it was a conscious decision at the time because I don't know how you can know that. How... How aware could you have been that this was what would transpire? Mm. I mean, like, again, again, it does, it makes so, I, I mean, it does, it does make sense in a way that, like, why under education is a thing? Because, like, for example, right, if they promise you amount of power, and I'm sure, again, look at design this thing, before it gives not impulse, right? If he's promised, say, like, the Sultan or whatever he put in charge power, I'm sure you would have given them like, you know what, in order for you to be in power, you, mm. like everybody under you has to have same ideology. Like you have to, you have to be able to like completely influence everybody below you, right? And so maybe with time that kind of like change, even maybe say before you had like scientists or whatever that mm. were just living like free. Maybe after Lugard's period now, the Emir is like, if you're a scientist, he brings you close to the power. Like he, he brought mm. every information towards him. And then with time, because we don't really know our history like that much, that just became what it was like every scholar and everybody like kind of just stayed around close to the close to the royals or whatever and then all the commoners had no idea what was going on yeah. apart from the prayer they go to but that's a presumption one. right that's a presumption i mean it's a presumption but like from but from but from just thinking about and like seeing how everything played it, it like that's the i feel like that's the only way it would have made sense because as a leader 
if an emir is trying to say like take over his own place and liberate his people Indeed. surely the first thing you do is make sure everybody's aware of the fight you are fighting right now but the leaders didn't actually really do that mm. no i agree like the idea of implementing yes men in these spaces to help suit your purpose but i don't know if there was more depth to that in terms of the structure that's the way you phrased it in terms no. of culminating all these people into this space to be aware that much depth as you said is because there's a lapse in our history in yeah. that space but uh, although these royal families stay the same through that period i guess m- less so putting people in that place because it's where else this no one's going to accept no matter how they're not going to accept anybody else i guess it's more so just the military might that they saw and they were met with was enough to get whoever was the existing leader to fall in line as you yeah. saw with the shareholder or no deciding yeah. i'd rather just you know bring what you want just keep us these principles i'm still in charge he was terrified <laughs> but you know he was still like oh, very much so the rightful guy to yeah. be there well, i don't know because yeah. it seems like to me there's a there's, there's a system of not not even as in so if you take for example like if you watch you're about evil cultures, right? Mm-hmm. We there's so much in evil that we do that is influenced by even so like you said, like Megad. Mm-hmm. The way even some like say Megad like it's the, the house that we like we bring so much from other people's cultures, mm-hmm. right? Yoruba as well they they do. But for I feel like there's a there seems to be a culture where even a northern person, if they leave their community, even if they go around and they see other things, they still don't want to take it on. Like it seems like like they've been to, as in do you get what I'm saying like they've been programmed yeah, yeah, yeah. it doesn't seem like something that's shortcoming it's our biggest shortcoming but it doesn't seem like something that evolved in natural state do you get what I'm saying like like oh these people are just natural like, like that elitist this thing no not even elitist I feel like just even a normal person like the people that um like the nomads the ones that go around with the, yeah with the headsmen yeah they're still even if they say a lot they're still like a culture where they don't want to pick up mm-hmm. certain values and it, to me, it doesn't seem like a natural, like, oh, this, that culture just evolved mm, like that. It feels mm, like mm, someone mm, intentionally mm. kind of don't, wherever you see outside, don't look at it. This is the only thing you must know. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm. Like, it doesn't, I feel like the heart, like, that's what I asked you, was it there before? Like, beforehand, was there just one sect of society? Because now it just feels like there's just one sect. Everybody, like you said, around that king. This, the scientists, everybody's just there, and then there's everyone else. Mm. It just feels like that now, and I don't feel like that was natural. I don't see how that would naturally evolve <laughs> in any civilization. I, in a way, man, I actually, yeah, I, I, I understand I, what you're saying, and I agree I, with that. I, I have a theory with that, though. Okay, okay. Um, there was always a need to protect our Islamic culture up north, definitely. But it was always, the north was always open for business. So they never shut anybody or anything out if it was going to come for the betterment of its people, whatever. There was never that resistance, for sure. Very much welcoming. Through a ridiculous amount of time, they've been very much welcoming. And I feel the narrative changed post-Civil War. I felt like there was a lot of propaganda in either direction that now led us to believe, okay, these people that we saw these values in and that we could exchange these ideas and goods and whatever it may be, now they are the enemy and there is nothing we can gain from mm. that space that's worthwhile mm. and so our veil has gone up in terms of i told you it's always to a t we'll we'll, we'll work with you and be present with you until we begin to feel like there's a i guess a hindrance to our growth in that space that's how it's always been 
Mm. Now there's been that hindrance, and that's mm. where that stops. And definitely, that's just how it, the story's mm. been from time. Mm. At least that's what I. I so, so it's our own doing, as opposed to like the imperialist like mindset. It, this is this was this stemmed from us disagreeing among each other. As opposed to I like, mean, what caused the disagreement initially? But no, no, no. I, I think <laughs> no, no, but everybody no. disagreed. But even after the disagreement, there's still that there people was, like, even if I don't, I mean, I would. There are some evils I know that don't fuck with the north. Mm-hmm. But there's still, <laughs> <laughs> but there's still something. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What's going on here? <laughs> Our next door neighbor. <laughs> Our next door neighbor. <laughs> but, nah. but the thing is, there's still. There's still, I mean, there's still a bit of open-mindedness. You get what I'm saying? I mean, it's it's hard, it's hard for me not to. If you show me something that's dope, it's hard. Even if I don't fuck with you, if I know this is clearly better for me, it's hard for me to reject it just because I don't fuck with you. But I, but I don't, I don't know. I don't like naturally, unless it's someone as in they're repeating it to me over and that indoctrinating not to ad- adopt that mindset. You get what I'm saying? So, I do, man, but, but when I think about it, I'm, I, I say, okay, if it's something that improves lifestyles, if it, I don't see why? a hindrance. Yeah. In the, I, I, don't, I don't see anybody turning that away, even in the north. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, what is it potentially? Because in a way, is it belief systems? Because so, I, I can't for something <laughs> that has been brought yeah. from the south or from the west sort of, that has not been so easily incorporated into the north, to the point where it begins to infringe on... When I say our way of life, I mean like Islam and how that. Hey, can you give an example of any? any oh, Please give them that oh, theory. Oh, That's oh. the. No, no, no. no. Oh, okay. It's actually very perfect. Okay. Actually, to, touch on that. Touch on that. But then that, to, to be honest with you, that that goes against my point. No, 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 no. You brought it up. Like okay. you brought it up. Okay. They take it back together. Okay. Okay. So you talk about the question on ground was. What is it that's been brought from the south or from other parts of Nigeria that has been heavily, like, I guess, embraced yeah. in the north? Um, culturally, though, across both. Culturally? Yeah, culturally. Okay. Um, now, the example that we had, you can tell we had a previous discussion yeah, about yeah, yeah, yeah. it, um, was how there has been an adoption of that whole, of the Awambe and the, and the ceremonies that come from the Yoruba land um, up in the north. So whereas before, you have a society that's structured on the grounds of humility, um, God's plan, humble, as I said, yeah, humility, um, you know, um, in every aspect. And if I give this, the basic settle structure, it's you have a wealthy elite class who do a very good job of, I guess, remaining humble and living in humble abodes, keeping, I guess, their wealth to some degree under wraps for good reason, um, and then themselves giving handouts to some degree to a populace of people that aren't doing as well as them, for sure, the masses, if we may call them that, um, who in turn are content, that principle of Hakuri, um, with what it is that they have, mm. not asking for too much, you know, being content with what they're being offered by that wealthy ruling class. Mm. Um, However, as I said, now that we're embracing a lot of these ceremonies that we begin to see from the south of Nigeria, you begin to see a wealthy class of Nigerians from the north who normally would be humble and keep their wealth and their wraps, begin to open that door up and display, like huge displays of wealth through wedding ceremonies, mm. dresses, mm. Um, lifestyle, bringing in artists in, exactly, just that whole lifestyle, flexing, mm. Mm. and everyone's not trying to one-up the next person. Um, 
But so like that's an example of something that's been embraced and brought into the north. Mm. Um, but then I said, as I said, the north don't tend to bring things in that harms their way of life. This is harming their way of life, but I don't think like it's but, being spotted. But is it is it a, is it an across board northern culture within this one bit, or is it just this elite? Like, does the average northern man? have still now is he now adopting that Owambe lifestyle or it's just those elites who never really had like you get what I'm saying like the elites have always lived to a different set of rules than the the common northern person. To, so, to some extent they didn't before if you ask okay. me. Yeah, um, however um on that point that you made the elites dictate how the masses live. In most mm. societies but in the north very much so so as you said, now that that's the new benchmark, although it's creating dissent, it's also now, as I said, what they're aspiring towards as well. Because now okay, they feel the like common it's, indeed, okay. it's now what they're so, aspiring So it's kind of progressive in a way. Not really. I don't know if it's... Know if it's but it is but, progressive because everybody's in search of more knowledge and more information, which is a good but thing. It, but in what aspect? It's shallow but, knowledge, if you ask me. It's yeah. not of substance. Anyway, you had But the culture of just an average northern person only because those not average northern people, right? They would have seen this Owambe lifestyle when they moved across Nigeria. You yeah. get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. How come it's now only when the elites are doing it that they would do it? Because in other countries, go for the west and go to the east, right? <laughs> fuck what the king is doing. If I fuck with it, I'm gonna do it. You get what I'm saying? But in the north, it's only from if the elites are doing it, then I'm gonna do it. like. There was a stereotype around that. You know how they say that in Yoruba. Uh, yeah, oh, that. But as you said, the, the, there's, a, there's the power of independent thought mm. in these societies that mm. you mentioned, which doesn't necessarily yeah. exist. But is it, is it a natural thing or is it, is, what? is it intentional? That independent thought, is there, are they intentionally like keeping the, the, common, the common northerner out of independent thought? Or is it something that the common northerner is just naturally doing? Because I feel like it's intentional, and I'm trying to establish: is it? I thought it was maybe Lugard the way Lugard say up, I, I mean, or you're saying it's from civil war. But I don't think just for the fact that we we're in war would make someone down like, nah, I'm never gonna learn anything from what, people. What is it? You get the, what I'm the, that protective nature prior to any Islam's been around in yeah, Nigeria yeah. for over a thousand years now. Um, Kanuri's shout out to us first tribe to receive it in. Um, that fundamental aspect of you, we keep our culture how it is mm. because this is the best way of life. Mm. There's no need for us to incorporate anything in. That was that was always the way it was. And then if you if you if you're met with other ideologies, let's say goods, whatever it is, that will help advance that lifestyle that you already live, then you incorporate it in. The point when it begins to be at the detriment of that faith and all that is when you begin to shoot it out. That's when it was at its purest form. Mm. However, now, I agree with you, it's more so like there's power dynamics to it, and it's that mm. system of mind that's just being used to perpetuate a lot of the issues that we have right now mm. without the same, I guess, heart mm. that came with it before. Mm. And as you said, that's why we begin to chip away at this stuff, um, mm. which I guess the principle, it's already lost, it's, it's shallow. There's, yeah. there's no substance at the core of it anymore, mm. and it's just the exterior that's beginning to crack and fall away. Mm. Um, well, you see, another interesting point, as you guys were saying something as well, right? <clears throat> like, this aspect of how um, the North is, like, really shortened to, like, one thought. It might still, like, come from, like, a very, from, not necessarily imperialistic, but from, like, a conquering um, kind of place. Because I would like, imagine as well, Usman don't fold you, right? 
when he first came no seriously yeah, when he yeah, first right. came okay. there were tribes in there mm. and then they always say like he was one that brought islam i mean apart he from the canadian yeah. yeah like so it, it made sense that he would have you know he would have made those structures like that from a very long time in order for him to keep having like that kind of prominence but then again he to he left so I don't no know but as she's mentioned like when we first started um that idea of you fought for something so you want to keep it that way now that usman don't for you now best believe you fought to bring all these these tribes the birds and bokwera everything and then it's like okay now we have something that's worth protecting right that's we have to keep it that right. way right um okay but then let me ask you truthfully in substance what is it about i'd say southern parts of nigeria that they've incorporated from the north i mean language and i, I can't know specifically derogatory language but, though let's let's no, actually I mean, like, like a lot of words in and how we speak like uh um like when I mean, the like the slang we use in Igbo, like like I told you about um one of my grandma's title is uh Wangbo uh, Wangwe I can't say it very well in Igbo but Wangwe Nama like mm-hmm. the woman that killed the cow but uh, the word Nama, Nama is taken from mm-hmm. that you get what I'm saying there's a lot of phrases I'm sh- I'm pretty sure like certain cultural things might not be explicit but we we just as in okay that's how these people do it. The Ashebi culture was taken from the Yoruba. It's an evil thing now, mm-hmm. where your son is getting married. Now the the, mm-hmm. the whole everybody yeah. doing Ashebi. That was taken from the Yoruba. Because I'm saying we incorporate things from the north. But see, I so I'm I'm pretty sure there's probably even things from the north that we've just learned. Maybe the way you design your house, you get just something. But it doesn't seem to me that anyone naturally would see something that they like and not incorporate it. Unless they've been told not to, you get what I'm saying. If it if it's up to me and I like it, there's no way I'm not gonna take it. Now I think I think it's a long is it like there's a long history behind it. Even probably like now just thinking about it, it probably came even before Lugard. Before because before Lugard, there's somebody that conquered enough, so it made sense mm. that it came from a place of, as you said, protecting what you've conquered and making sure that like nobody ever breaks it. Because eventually, actually, if you even look at it. Islam is actually what made Islam like the biggest region in Nigeria. It's what made sorry, it's what made the north the biggest region in Nigeria because like they held on to that fundamental beliefs and Lugard in his own way said, so, you know what, as opposed to changing this thing, I'll use that core principles to achieve my own goal. But if you look at the way Islam has been passed across to that area, some Islamic communities are very, I mean, the the northern, the when the going back to the most. They were very like, as in open, seeking knowledge, like like even Islam, like you said, it means as in about seeking yeah. knowledge. So it makes sense that 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 religion would mm-hmm. make someone not want to seek knowledge. But no, they're aware. They just there's just a stigma around it. There's nothing that they're not aware of. You can mm-hmm. meet not the typical, not anymore, um, but an educated northern man, and he can give you. The same level of insight that a southerner might into northern culture, he can do vice versa. He just does not want to choose it. Now, I can tell you this categorically, within this generation, a decade or two, that's going to change. One, the mystique around the north, if we just keep putting this north by, it's all going to come crashing down. The level of interconnectedness has opened up the north to so many other aspects of life mm, yeah. that i feel like you can only resist that assimilation for so long, for so long. Yeah. and it's it, it's it's done and dusted yeah. it's sad to see if you ask me personally yeah. why because why more on this point earlier yeah. 
the reason why I can see him being so outraged by that thought process is there's so much value you can gain from place like mm-hmm. things you don't know from yeah, other yeah, cultures yeah. and the aspects and I'm and I'm fully on board with you mm-hmm. on that. So in that space, when you look at the north, it's like yes, indeed, we should be able to be open to see things that can improve our, our standard of life, be aware of different perspectives so we can change our views. However, there's some fundamental principles that make us uniquely us that need to stick around, if you ask me. Like now, if you talk about how Korean humility, I love the fact that, like, for for the typical northerner, if you look him at the toe, you can't see his net worth. Yeah. You can't, when he opens his mouth to speak, you don't know what it is. It's just, it's knowledge, it's it's purity, you know, that, 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 that comes yeah. from that space. Yeah. And I appreciate those aspects, but I feel like we're losing out on some of those core values. Yeah. Um, even Islam and the value and the depth mm. to which we used to learn it. This Almajiri school that we used to make fun of before. That was something to, to be renowned. Your yeah. son is in an Almajiri school. Like, that's phenomenal. I told you now, Sedeka, like, Sedeka was know? the best thing ever. And I, I look at all this stuff and I'm like, we're Kana. losing out on all this because we have a, we're so insecure and there's this super inferiority complex about us and our culture. We're getting bullied in a way. But, but you know, you know what's matter, right? Mm. If you actually said, that's okay, a great point. We said, these are the values that fuck with that these are good values right if you got rid of the bad ones you shine those good values more yeah you won't see other cultures emulate that's the point that's the point that's the point you have to see value in your own to be able to do that and they don't they don't like now i can't lie yeah think about as i said the elite dictate how the rest of the the mindset works because there's a ridiculous amount of ignorance in in the mass code in the masses versus versus the elites so they just take what they're being told for the most part now these elites that exists, sure, they're perpetuating the system, whatever, but the next generation, so ours, that's seeing all these other cultures and interacting with all these spaces, like, they don't see that value that I'm talking about in all these spaces. So it's a case of, damn, these robots are out here wild and that's yeah, crazy, you know? Yeah, you're going yeah, to yeah. even where these, you're seeing people all decked out, everybody's matching, you're like, this shit's mad, I'm gonna take that back. <laughs> as if you should do it from our own point of view. And as that's fine. To, yeah. But then now, that rest of it, the humanity, oh, like, true, true, those true. core values, I'm like, you're not carrying that along with you, mm-hmm. and that we, we fear, we fear losing right. that. Because along. in a way, we actually touch on very, very I, I love, mm-hmm. I love exactly what you said right now. Because me too, in a way, I, I, I kind of, I, I used to, I, I became a victim of that. One thing that oh, that's unprogressive, all that kind of stuff. It's just recent, I mean, recent like couple mm-hmm. of years now that I mean, I embrace like my northern like culture and I, I want to do it a bit more. Yeah. Because like the thing is, um, in a way, in terms of like, even like the, the humility point of view, right? I, nest, I really love that aspect of it because like it's not, it's not that. It's not that you did it because you wanted to help a poor person. It made you feel good. It made you feel like, um, it made you feel like a prominent member, like an active contributor of like the community, which I think is one of the most beautiful aspects of my own culture. But the thing is, like now everybody, everybody's so carried away with, oh, this how this uh, like Westerners. Everybody thinks for themselves. Everybody has that kind of stuff now. So it's easy for you to like compound from that. Mm. You completely break. And exactly what we are saying about in terms of development, this is actually crazy how it's been. Yeah. In terms of development, how Nigeria wants to be like the white and all that can mm. completely ignoring their value. That's exactly that's what's going to go happen in the north. Yeah. Because you start going from their own point of view. Yeah. You start going from their own point of view. I've completely lost that. Mm. And then when you, when you, when you, when you meet a hurdle, which every, because every civilization meets a hurdle, right? When you meet a hurdle, you don't know, you don't know how to deal with it because you've grown. Yeah, you've been copying for so long. Now you don't even know exactly what, I think yeah I I, I just no I I, I, I love that point I, I love that point I think it's that's, a good point. that's a mad point actually that's a dope point and I I I would say I mean the goal obviously is to find the 
that that balance, that mm-hmm. right balance. Because on one hand, even like when I say African tra- traditions, like the fact that this food um we're going from their perspective, right? There are some parts of our culture that we should do away with. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And absolutely. That should be this, the same. Okay, there are some parts of this culture we're going to do away with, but we need to make sure that we don't do away the baby with the bad water. Exactly. Water, yeah. right? So we need to keep this. So just finding that right balance. Yeah. Um, but however, I just wanted to say, um, so in terms of like making uh, uh, the northerners more open to take on more cultures, do you think like intermarrying? Into mine within those. No, leave out. Leave out the man alone. Go, go away. Leave out the man alone. Guys, guys, we have an agenda. Guys, leave out the man alone. Don't, don't skunk. Like, girl, girl. No wonder he's so passionate about it, man. As long as they're allowed to take some chill. But the thing is, like, no, it's coming from the point that they're pissed off because we get those informants. And the clown get as well. Like, that's where the point is. <laughs> no, you just have to freshen up now. Zena, I'm looking at you guys, you're not making too much sense. Yeah, Zena kind of loves her culture as well, in a way. Yeah. But, um, nah, Loki Zena is bullied into staying in line like that. Man. I mean, she's bullied. That's a story for another day. But Loki, yeah, true. Guys, going back to story again. Loki, I'm going to bring that segment. <laughs> Line that up, boys. Risky talk. That would be a risky talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If I, if I show Zena my culture, I think she'll like it. Nah, this guy. <laughs> I don't think she'll like it. Guys, <laughs> yeah. she'll be talking with Zena hard for a few years, but then one day you just wake up and she'll text you her wedding invitation. She's nah, married. Not true. <laughs> break up that mindset. No, 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 no. I'm no. crazy. Open her mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no matter what you open that mind, it's not happening. It's a marriage that comes in, but is when you have that when you have that culture clash. Right, the, the thing about intermarriage is, I guess, is, is when you have that culture clash. Because we can, we can have this amazing bond, we can have this stuff, but then our value systems, no matter how, even though we're all sitting down here and we have common values, like there is an element to which we all differ. Yeah. Right, and it's cool because we're friends; we can go our separate ways. But then between you and Zainab now, what's gonna happen? You're raising kids; you want them this way, you want them that way. Mm. You're how, setting up your household; you want it this way, you want that way. Mm. The influence of your extended family; you want it this way, she wants it that way. That's where the complications come. I'm about to actually what you touched on. She might like certain aspect of the culture that you're rejecting, <laughs> like mm. in terms of like you know, like exactly. You might like I'm open-minded. I'm no, like, no, 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 you're not. You're not. You're not. You're not. You're not. Kids with them, you you want them to be like you want them to be open minded mm. to a certain degree, yeah. and because that's a big alien to her, she might not want it mm. naturally. Because, who knows, that, yeah, yeah, who, I yeah. mean, who knows? Because, like, that's what she's grew up in, and she obviously, every everybody that has a kid, I, I've never had a kid before, but I, I imagine if you have a kid, you want to raise a kid yeah, with your own value, do you know what I'm saying, as opposed to anything else. So, it might be, it might be one of those ones. Last point actually that I was going to touch on on this documentary is like honestly I think we need to really highlight the importance of women in like, like right, the of we need, we need to actually definitely. highlight like the, the contribution of women in night man like mm-hmm. the fact the like honestly like one of one of the one thing that makes me really embarrassed about being in Nigeria is the fact that like after everything like Fela's mom did to get like independence like the same people mm-hmm. went to throw her mm-hmm. down and mm-hmm. building mm-hmm. the killer mm-hmm. and it like and the fact I, I, it doesn't it doesn't really make any sense to me that like after independence like the issue of like um 
what's it called um like man in ginger pitch picture like a pitch it, it doesn't make sense that pitchaki still exists in night because if we're actually so in touch with this and everybody every, because she didn't die that long ago i'm sure she died during like all these generals yeah. generals like time of rule if everybody was aware of this woman's contribution to the world like i feel like as a society we should we should be progressive enough to see women in a certain level of importance compared to the whole world because like they're the first people in fact the about people were the first, like they're, they're the first revolution to start yeah, yeah. to start to start revolting when yeah. all our men were just were, when all the men were just you know they're just they're just happy yeah. they're just happy interpreting yeah, wearing ties and shit like the women were yeah. the first people to tell her now nah, we want our kids to, to grow up better all that kind yeah, of stuff yeah, yeah. and i think it's honestly it's something that like even in black culture as well if you are very aware of most of this like most of these historical events it will make us see it will make us actually like you know um it will help it will help us like treat our black women better not even just from nigeria context but from just because i'm sure most of this thing is a pattern is it it has to be a pattern that women care more about the society than the men it's, like, it has it's, to be, it's crazy how full circle that is right because you look at that period mm. like even just from the documentary and you look at those one two three four women that they highlighted right forefront as you said the ones that set the pace that led to the domino effect of what we have today yeah right and then we come to today, mm. and you look at, and we're going to chime into it, but the yeah. M-Stars movement, it's completely led and orchestrated by women. I mean, yeah. Like I'll almost, almost exclusively. Yeah. Yeah. And then you ask yourself, and on a largest level, a majority of a society's economy, like in our setting, is informal. And who runs the informal economy? Women. Yeah, so they're the backbone yeah. of society in every single aspect. Yeah. Largest um, part of our population as well. Why then is it with all these contributions that there's no, I guess, converse, I get res- respect that they that they deserve, the respect and the trust that they ought to be at. Because they, if they're capable, yeah. if they're capable of all this stuff, why is it that they cannot still not break that mold? I mean, I feel like again, it might just be um, us perpetrating historical context. So. Mm. The, the the structure that these people is like going back to the structure that these Europeans put on us, right? They came from a misogynistic culture. So yeah. obviously that was perpetuated into our culture as so, well. But not even just putting solely to blame on them because reading about the history of African countries, we're talking about the camera which area it was, but the it was the Islamic area as well, they had a a, a system where the women were kind of like subjugated so it's it's not i feel like it's there's there's this weird i don't know i think there's this weird desire that we have where we have attached our masculinity to power where we feel mm-hmm. like without having power one, one, one no longer males but it's and that keeps perpetrating i always try to make sure we maintain that structure that oh this women cannot rise up enough because those if they challenge our power then they challenge our masculinity but for us, I think now for our generation, breaking out of that mindset, and this is not becoming like a, a simp and all this kind of old women. No, no, it's no, simply no, 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 somebody no. that says yeah. something evidently to their position. Yeah, literally, literally, you know it. No, not that, but, but it's generally true. understanding yeah. that for one, from when the chiefs are down the most, especially for black women, I don't know about the white women and the Caucasians and everything, but for black women, when the chiefs have been down, they've had our back every single time. Regardless. Regardless. So for one, it's pain homage, not paying homage, but paying respect to the effort they put in. And two, the fact that there is so much more to offer. Imagine half half of your population has like 
you're doubling your effort whether it's mm -hmm. how your brain power your skill set everything is double if you unlock that potential mm -hmm. so it's just a no-brainer for the fact that we keep going down this route of no matter after everything they do we want to revert back to some pointless patriarchal system but i have i have i have another like i have another take on that yeah i think <clears throat> another thing is like not necessarily like their own fault or anything but it's like they have they put they have so much trust in us and we keep feeling them time and time again. No, but it's a toxic relationship. No, yeah, it's, it's like a very toxic yeah. relationship because like they do all the hard work and they just allow us to like mm. to so they they, they they do all the they fight, put their life on the line, everything, and then when everything is settled and they're like, oh, okay, cool, mm. don't worry, the men should take charge. And I think that narrative as well from them needs they need to be more stronger. Yeah, like you need yeah, to like when you start something, see yeah. that thing all the way through, just yeah. the way or, because I don't feel like I mean, evidently Nigeria is really messed up now because of the men. <laughs> like they just took four of them in the room and just to. Uh, I don't. I don't see someone like yeah. a Pelawura like saying yes to that. Yeah, or yeah, I yeah. don't. I actually don't see that happening. So it's like when they start something, they need to have. They need to follow up on their ancestors yeah. and finish it and see it all the way through in order for them to see what they wanted to achieve, not to just. Yeah. Okay, we've done this. Okay, we'll just give our men because of the, that's an aspect of culture that we need to change as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Because it all boils down to the cultural aspect yeah. of it as well. But in any sort of change like that, it, as you said, it's it's forcibly taken. So indeed, they need to make efforts on their own part. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. However, men that identify with that viewpoint that's identical to theirs need to also step up for them in those spaces. Mm -hmm. Because sure, they might be the majority in population. They may be whatever, whatever, whatever. The truth is, power does lie in the hands of yeah. males in society. Yeah, and whatever power that we can leverage as members of society that have the same viewpoint as them, we need to then lend it over to them. You yeah. look over, terrible example, but if we carry Martin Luther King, for instance, and his March to Freedom Civil Rights Movement, that was the most, that was a checkerboard of a crowd you see in every single one of these speeches, because it takes power from both sides to be able to come through. He had his people and then he had whites, the minority, but still people that had his plight and could use their privilege to help him get to where he was trying to go. Mm. That's what we need to do. We need to use our privilege to help these women get into these positions that they deserve to be in. But the thing yeah. is, like, for, for certain instances, I feel like sometimes, though, or in some instances, the women actually just actively just give us the responsibility because they completely trust us like that. Because maybe I don't know if it's because culture has taught them to do that or religion has taught them to do that. Like yeah. actively, they just they feel like I mean they're the first they're the, they're the bravest ones, but they somehow yeah, feel like yeah. we are the ones that like are more suited for it yeah. in a way. Because like I don't understand why women didn't really revolt after that in order for them to have a degree of power in Nigeria. Mm. They just completely okay, just allowed the yeah. men. Uh, everybody's a god, like all that kind of stuff yeah. happened. I'm back to everything that you said as to when you fight for something, you have to need to protect it. Yeah. We didn't necessarily fight as hard, and if yeah. we go handed it, then there's but, less of it. Yeah, yeah, anyway, yeah. go on. No, 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 but, but yeah, just is still around around that point as well. Like, you know, like they don't. My thing is, like, I, I just really hope, like, women of my generation will, like, you know, any, God forbid, but say, for example, any, any, any other war battle they face in this generation. I would like them to see it through as opposed to like my grandma's generation, my mom's generation, yeah. where like they, they you know, they, they enact change but then they, they stop halfway yeah. and just allow us to continue. I, I I would like all of us to go through it and achieve it all together because I feel like we'll be more like because women will hold you more accountable for it. 
Mm. Like they, they are they are they are nurturing in nature. So like the like there's no how a man can corrupt a woman. Well, I mean it's possible a man can corrupt a woman, but in like large masses. Like, anyway. <laughs> 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 well, the thing is like, but the thing is like, you know, I don't think that you 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 can a woman's a woman's clear conscience will allow her like naturally just cheat people for the sake of cheating. Like no matter no matter what, a woman will always. No, I don't know about that. Man. No, no, about all. No, no, I don't. I don't know about, about all. But yeah. no, uh, like the ratio to men, like mm. compared to, compared to men, like then, women then again, are more. Do you know why it's tough to say that? Because they've not been empowered equal. Exactly. Yeah. But so that's why we can't assume that they won't do it. And like, that, you, that's the I guess you at least you deserve the chance to let us down. I guess. Yeah, exactly. At, at least they've, they've had that leverage. Yeah. Like us, we've, we've had it since 1960, and we're way before that. We're, I, I mean. But now, we, I mean, now we are in 1851 now. Like we've gone back, we've moved up, we've moved up from 1960 to 1851 now. Also, it's clear what, like, on the same page when it comes to this discussion of having them be in the person they deserve to be at. But that doesn't exclude the fact that we have failed tremendously when put in these positions, right? And it's not just to say, because okay, now for instance, if you hand over the reins to the women in society, excellent, right? Not necessarily no, 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 That's okay. not okay. Mm. For the purposes, they happen to be the ones that are rightfully empowered yeah. if they've earned the right to be there. Yes. Now, you still have a generation of men then that are still incapable of leading and whatnot. So my point being is in this. Yes, indeed, we've tried and we've failed, but what is the reason why we keep trying and failing as men in those positions? Why is it that we can't ever seem to get it right? In our context, particularly, Africa or within the countries of Nigeria that we've been speaking of per se. Because say they've made all the hard work and they've dropped it now on our plate. Why is it that we can't get our shit together but we expect them to be able because to? Because we don't know what hard work is. We don't, we don't appreciate hard Like, we don't know what it is. We don't know how it is to fight for something that we truly believe. Like, this, like I, I feel like the women made us believe nationalism was a thing. Like, we didn't see the value of that. Like, we didn't join them from the start. To fight for nationalism. Mm. So, like, when this idea of nationalism comes, obviously there's going to be we perks. Yeah, you're, you're going to be perks. You're being charged. You have control over this, control over that, control over that. So, like, you're focused on that, and you're completely missing the point that you're this whole fight started because of nationalism. Mm. And again, it's only women that will get that because they started that. Like, that's the like that's the, that's the fight that they brought in there. But us as men, we're just we're just we're just there to like just you know just sit, make sure everything is okay, and we. And we fuck up, and we fuck up like so many times in that, in that, in that, in that sense. Mm. So I think that's why we don't, we're not as, we don't contribute enough compared to them. But is that too cheap? Is that just a cop out? It's not a cop out, but is it, is it valuable? I mean, if you don't, if 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 I give you, if I give you one million, right, you won't just think um spending on drugs is bad because you have it. You expect somebody to give you that again. But if you work hard for a one million. You know that oh shit! I need to I need to multiply this one before. I need to make sure that I yo I don't you know I don't go through that process of making that one million again. I want to I want to keep progressing, but it's just it's just what it is. Like we just us men we just keep especially in the African context, Nigerian context for example, we get we got everything in the path of gold. I mean I know the railway workers, I know the railway workers. I'm sure there are men that whatever, but I'm st- I'm still sure it was. There's still a, it was still a woman's revolution that like the Pelora that inspired all that kind of stuff to come to come to be there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we need to understand that yo everything like most power we have in night is coming from the point of like yo women fought hard for us to get this power. 
and then now when we get that if you're intelligent enough you won't get intimidated by that fact you'll be motivated you'll yeah. be you'll be yo okay all right cool i like i i appreciate the fact that you you know you made me you made me live in a society that that's made me appreciate where i'm going to as opposed to like oh i'm just here i'm not doing anything so if we if, if we see it like that i think i i think it also stems from the fact of bad leadership in terms of the selection of the leadership we talk about fighting for independence and all that and you guys keep quoting back all these four people that they kept them in a room they went got their western education came back and whatnot that's it's a sign of bad leadership i am of the point that like in this specific context when we spoke about nigeria those women you raised right if they were the ones in the positions of these four men they would have almost you can't say for sure but there's a high chance they would have done a better job of putting nigerian interests first because from the jump that's what they've been on mm. but my Point being is then those men should not have had access to that place in the first place because they never truly had the best intentions. So for me, indeed, they should be given equal platter under the guise of a meritocracy where anybody who is best fit for the role ought yeah. to get it. And if they happen to come out mm-hmm. on top 90% of the time, then they deserve to be there 90% yeah. of the time. Yeah. If they happen to be from the same tribe in Nigeria, they deserve to be there 90% of the yeah. time. It's a meritocracy under the basis of if you are the best person for the job, irrespective yeah. of your gender, your tribe, whatever it may be, it's ridiculously idealistic to say, to be honest, because yeah. everybody has their, I guess, ulterior motives. But yeah. I feel like that's where it ought to be. And if it was on the, on the, under the guise of, an, of a meritocracy, for sure, I feel like we'd have had a power dynamic on the mm. continent, or at least in our country, per se. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, true again. And plus, I guess we like us again not having the chance to develop ourselves like evolve ourselves as community without like without the influence that white people came in there i'm sure that aspect of i'm the man of the house all that thing just kind of played in there because there's a huge gap there's a, yeah there was a huge gap like in, in our in our evolution we didn't get that chance when just when we're about you know we're reaching that point of you know evolving as community and all that kind of stuff we came in contact with Lord Lugard and his allies and all that kind of stuff. So that that even in a way kind of like even it stopped it stopped uh it stopped the mindset of the society growing up because we got caught up with all this other shit like oh now we need to be liberated now we need to do this now we need to do that now we need to do that there was a huge gap in there as well. So I think as well it it came it came from that point that we didn't we didn't get the chance to like evolve. But um on the aspect of revolution. Um, the next segment that we're talking about, like um, revolution all across Africa, and um, I mean, I brought the topic in you know, it. Like I was just saying, with recent times, everything going on in the news now. Mm-hmm. I think, from an African perspe- perspective, it's very, very dope that like you know everybody now has. I feel like in a way, most Africans have like certain level of awareness that they should have had like long time ago, like. I don't know if it's the I don't know if it's the presence of more information or access or technology or all that kind of stuff. But like everybody's Stars. yeah, everybody everybody now is very <laughs> bumble class. Everybody 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 everybody's very aware of um of you know of kind of like uh, oppression that African nations are going through. And I was making a point earlier in terms of um like the Congo, for example, mm-hmm. when there was something I saw on Twitter recently that just released back my, my thought process, when it was talking about like, you know, Apple continue, continuously like looting Congo and all that kind of stuff. I'm sure it's a common knowledge, but like now I feel like 
with everything going on, I think stems like the South protests and everything, it just makes everybody like in a way appreciate their like heritage a bit more, in a way. And as we were saying earlier before, I hope it's not a point where we just talk about it and leave it. I hope, as opposed to like talking about it and leave it, we, we make like active efforts towards like you know contributing to the developments that we want to see our continents do. So yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna ask, um, I was gonna, I had a question. I was gonna ask. I was gonna say, um, what do you think is the most effective way of driving development um, in Africa from a diaspora point of view? Because obviously you can never fight from the African yeah. point of view because they're, they're in a bubble of stuff and stuff. What's the best possible way? So um, I mean, understanding the fact that we're fighting a war on two fronts, right? We're fighting an internal battle and then exactly. we're also fighting an external battle by the external influences and mm-hmm. forces. I think we need to be more intentful and strategic with how we go about that. So given my own, this is an example I have, right? It might not be the best, but this is my uh, way of thinking about it, right? So noticing all around the world, right, in solidarity with the NSAS protests, Nigerians in the diaspora were coming out to protest in different countries. However, I feel like it's ridiculous. Not not that they shouldn't come out and protest. Like they should so more so show solidarity. But on the other hand, you can't come to the UK and protest NSAS in the UK because the UK doesn't have any jurisdiction to NSAS in Nigeria. What you should be doing in the UK protesting is protesting ways the UK is actually influencing or affecting the situation of Nigeria that would um, support or elevate the issues of SARS. So if you said, okay, we are protesting in the UK, right? Mm-hmm. And solidarity people protesting in Nigeria. But our message is not end SARS. And yes, our message is that deal you just signed with Nigeria, scrap it. We're not living here until you scrap that deal. Or this money you're sending to our leaders, stop it. Or this, you get what I'm saying? Like you need to focus the attention on what the UK is actually doing. And similar in America, if you're protesting America, focus the attention on what America is doing. Because what, what, is, what is the UK supposed to say if you say end SARS in Nigeria? I'm, I didn't create SARS in Nigeria. Well, I'm like, we're just going to wait until you guys are done and we'll drive to our office and continue our normal life because we know there's no reason you're going to keep staying here since it's, it's, a superficial, it's a superficial request. So for me, I just feel like at that level, we need to understand that the war on two fronts can't be the same like you can't have the same uh, mode of action to solve everything like now nah, we need to be more strategic and understand how this actual player is affecting us and what is the best strategy to actually um, influence or defeat those people but that was just what i was thinking i mean i'm not telling if anyone else could put it i'm not discouraging from protesting just Let's be more thoughtful and strategic in how we're actually protesting and what we're protesting for. So, well, what about you? What's your what's your what's your advice in terms of strategic development in the monocontinent during these revolutionary times? To to be honest, it runs fairly parallel with Shipses, with a couple of exceptions. Um, when you say when individuals are out protesting NSARS on one hand. For one, I don't necessarily see something particularly wrong with it under the guise of this. The reason why, of course, is to show solidarity, but also to find yourself somewhere in that 24-hour news cycle. You know, One thing that we know the powers that be back home are afraid of is 
awareness from the rest of the world and pressure from the rest of the world. We saw it when we had the Chibok girls a few years back. Um, nothing was done for years on end, and when it became this international campaign, action was taken. Mm -hmm. How many thousands of girls are kidnapped every year, every month in Nigeria that, does, that went completely under the radar, but that was brought to the attention because mm -hmm. everywhere there are these pockets of protests across the world, which each of these countries' new challenges are picking up and going everywhere with it. However, I feel like that those efforts, even in this sense, need to be paired with exactly what it is that Chips just outlined, which is a more direct approach. So one, you're getting that press that you wanted for this particular issue, but then now you have your targeted approach, as you said, it's a war on multiple fronts, that you have to be winning on all fronts, or at least be fighting on all mm -hmm. those fronts at the same time. You can't go one after the other. You accommodate that alongside what you're doing, so that too can also end up inside that 24-hour news cycle, and you apply pressure from every aspect that you can. Then, thirdly, and most importantly, if you ask me, well, not most importantly, but a key point is remittances back home. Uh, standard of living and cost of living is ridiculously low back home relative to here. We all enjoy those things when we go back for holiday in Niger and we're splurging our life away, and then you look and it's, you convert it like 100 pounds. It's, it's next to nothing. But the impact that can have back home is humongous. You have people that are out there risking their lives. Yeah. Um, and you can help out by what? Sending money back for bills, sending money back for health um, services on ground, sending money back, I don't know, to fund some of these um, security forces that are help protecting protesters. Mm. And it's trace. It means nothing to you because you live in the developed world. But if you send it back and you convert that, like it, it, it goes a long way. Um, so that, for me, is the three things that I would say. Mm. Um, try your best to alleviate ignorance as well. I ended up going down to the NSARS protest that was here, and it was fun. That's the word that I will choose on purpose <laughs> to describe it, fun. And that, for me, is a problem. And that, for me, is a problem. Because, yes, you should enjoy the fact of being there. That solidarity aspect yes. is fantastic. I felt good. I felt like I was a part of something bigger. However, I... My purpose in going there and what I was hoping I would meet was a group of aware individuals that wanted to be open to discourse. We're so far away, we can hold our placards and all that's one thing, that's for the cameras, that's going to hit the news cycle. But us that are amongst ourselves, let's sit, let's discuss, let's think about strategies that we can help affect change as well as let's educate each other on aspects of the issue that we're not aware of. None of that was being done. So, yeah, so doing away with ignorance Attacking the 24-hour news cycle by raising awareness on the issue at hand, as well as the larger systemic issue, and then sending as much aid that you can back home to help those that are mm -hmm. fighting on ground. That's my approach. See, like, um, you touched on the protest in Edinburgh, right? They had the protest on Sunday. Mm. The parliament was closed, right? <laughs> no, no, no. Like, I mean, obviously, like, even in the parliament, I'm sure you get, like, some, yeah, some attention yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, but sure. Even with that, though, how like how did that how did that help? It's evil. How did that really? Help? These protests aren't for these governments per se. Okay. A lot of them, if you look at where they're situated, right, it's outside Nigeria's high commissions, Nigerian embassies. Like you're trying to get as close to your sovereign land as you possibly can. You're putting pressure on every single right, outpost right, right. that they have. That's right, the aim. Yeah, right. They just doesn't happen to be one here. And that's normally the place where 
these events happen here, so it made total sense for them to be down there. Mm. I don't think it was so that they can get any highlight reels or well, okay. Nicola will come out yeah. and tell them, hey guys, but for me again, that's the issue, is because for one, you shouldn't describe a post as fun, like it shouldn't be fun. Yeah, yeah. Two, the, the fact that it does become fun is because there is no substantial exactly um, engagement in the person you're protesting to at this point. Yes, we say we're protesting Nigeria, but right now we're protesting to the UK government because we're in front of the parliament, right? And the reason that is, is if Joe hurts me and I go tell you, yo, Joe hurt me, you're going to be like, all right, cool, fair enough, Joe hurt me. If I'm sympathetic, I, I'm cool, yeah. But for me to actually get your attention in order to, to elevate or um, address the situation that Joe hurt me, I need to say, Joe hurt me and you gave him the knife. Now you're, you're, you're complicit in that action I agree. and you have to respond. So I feel like that's what we should be doing. Like you can't just go with an NSAS protest. You have to say NSAS in terms of protesting UK government or any government. NSAS because you guys are funding this thing. NSAS because you, this trip, you get what I'm saying? Like no, that, I, that has to be <clears> the, 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 the strategy behind it. But yeah, go ahead. No, um, I, I was just, just going to touch on your point. I, I, I think obviously that's... What you're yeah. saying is why what I've always thought from the mm. from the get go about this whole protest. But I still think it it a uh, very important thing more I talked about um touched on was the fact that like yes, okay, even though we don't have these strategic things, like we're open. Like it, we still have like space because before if you if you talk about Nigeria now, it's just oh Nigeria is bad, blah 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 and boom, that's it gone. But these people now with this protest, everybody wants to know how they can change Nigeria, which is a very different conversation yeah. to compared to how we used to think We're before. Like uh, I mean, like the diasporans, I, I mean Nigerians outside Nigeria, I guess. Like now, when we like okay. the NSAS protest now is 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 creating a platform for them to understand how they can change Nigeria. Not necessarily just talk about Nigeria from a negative point of view. How leaders are corrupt. Like everybody wants to know how now they can contribute. And so now the protest is the first stop. Of it. I actually didn't really think about it that way. I think the protest is the, is the first step towards that. And then again, it's up to us, individuals like us, and I'm sure people who think like us in the society now, to now emphasize that narrative, and then it will have like a bigger impact. But again, yeah. initially, I, I, I did, initially I was, I always thought like, you know, why are we protesting to this government and telling them, and it, it just felt like to me, we are reporting our government to them. And <laughs> those, are the gov- those are the ones that actually designed those systems for us to continue being like that. I, I, I still don't stand at that point that we are out here protesting to the UK government. That's, I don't feel like that's... No, 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 but that's what it was though. Why do Because that's where all the protests take place in in Edinburgh. Or it's a designated Yeah, designated area where people go and protest. However, people... On that point that you made, um, I feel the NSARS protest, it shouldn't be, I mean, it was spontaneous, so it is like this isolated issue that is attached to this monster that we're trying to attack in general, that if you ask me, SARS is a manifestation of all the systemic issues that's wrong with Nigeria, right? Mm. So that's how when we can sit down here, we're talking about strategies to do away with it. We can say, point fingers back at these Western powers and like about how they're pulling strings and all that. But then that's just looking at the larger issue and not necessarily the answers. Now, I don't know, I just saw this report of in the United States that they're sending a program to look at 
how some facets of the, the United States, some parastatals had helped fund SARS in the past and all those issues. Oh, that for me, like, yeah, go ahead and that, that's, that's where exactly cool. the example you brought up can be raised because you see a direct line between these two yeah. spaces. Uh, now, if we're not attacking NSARS per se, and we're looking at that large systemic issue that SARS is just the head of it that we're seeing now, um, then fully I agree with you on that strategy because now you can directly see the reason why Nigeria as a whole on the systemic mm. level there are these issues and we can easily point fingers at each other but right now SARS feels like such an internal issue even though it's not it seems like such an internal issue that's why I guess it's easy for them to be so narrow in their scope which is problematic but hey mm. I think on right. this one actually it would be good to, be good to break into the segment of SARS because I think we're seeing yeah, SARS yeah. with no context so I think SARS is our own, it's like a Nigerian version of police brutality, sort of like the Black Lives <laughs> No, it's, it's, it's what happened, sort of like the Black Lives Matter, what sparked the Black Lives Matter, that's our own, that's our own, um, that's our own um, protest or whatever problem we're dealing with. Yeah. Um, so with the whole SARS, um, SARS thing going on in Nigeria, I think it's police people, you know, brutalizing citizens as a result of maybe lack of lack of funds to actually adequately do their job or whatever. Actually it might be a way of SARS protesting against the government for them to get paid more. <laughs> because it's just it's such a it's such oh, a Yeah, it's oh, it's no it's it's such a it's come a, on, not man. a very longer break. <laughs> You see violin collecting fifty naira from somebody. Mm. Like there's no how you see that. Because in a way, if you're getting paid for what you deserve to be paid for, you you feel you see yourself as a respected member of the society. Mm. And even the size to catch but when the person paying you now has a form of accountability. Because I'm paying you well, so there's no way you're Why gonna fuck they, up. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, um so yeah, the whole SARS um the whole SARS movement started um because um they wanted to end police brutality and all that kind of stuff. But the protest now is igniting like a flame for like actual revolution in Nigeria and everybody as opposed to just potentially potentially, potentially actually African a whole because Nigeria is the biggest African nation is the largest African nation ever and I think this can go beyond just Nigeria but in the context of Nigeria I think this is kind of sparking like revolution like conversations and all that kind of stuff going on and it's just very interesting that again for the first time in a very very long time that everybody is coming together to fight for like one cause, which is which is police brutality. Hopefully, it leads to revolution. Um, my thing with the with the whole SARS thing is um, first of all, before going to the whole thing, there's like propagandas that has been coming up online. I don't know if you guys have seen like the Benin um, prison, break. prison break. Even though that thing happened six years ago, but somehow. <laughs> That's coming now, and they're kind of they're trying to. There's like lots of deflections, right? And now I'm trying really hard not to, not to just add a stigma to it to say is it the government doing the propaganda or is it? I, I don't know. Well, what's the take on it? To a large extent, like there's been video evidence proving why is I know this this world of fake news that we live in, um, but like there's there's a ridiculous amount of evidence on one side that goes to show that there's been, I guess, purposeful efforts by the powers that be to make these things happen. Now, for mm. instance, if you look at the Benin prison release and then the thugs in Lagos who are brought in on the Lagos-funded like buses, like that didn't make sense to me. But now, for instance, what's Lagos done in response to that? The protests are violent, they're this, that, the we're setting a 24-hour curfew. Why is that? 
you're trying to lose momentum. Mm. That's really with their back again. Something will happen. Similar cycle, trying to kill the momentum. Um, so when you see all these things, from how clear the unofficial official leaders of these movements have been, they made it very clear that it's peaceful. Everything is well documented. Everybody's phones are out. You're seeing this presence. So it's it's hard to really trace this back to the protesters themselves. So I guess it's not for them to get caught up in the games that are being set out right now. Because the truth is, if they lose ground, and I don't know if you guys... That's, and that's what, they that's lose my ground and what's going on right now, man, or more, to come back to where we're at now, is going to be near impossible. Mm, yeah. Because if they get what they want, they can, they, there's going to be more blocks in place to hinder this stuff happening again. You know? So, I don't know. Um, what would you guys say the best approach is for the protesters now that they themselves are seeing their... Consciously yeah. fighting about you know now. you know the thing is like I I like um I like what Faust was doing Faust is a musician Nigerian musician I and I li- I like what he's doing in a way and I I really hope people really adopt that initiative in terms of like knowing your rights as citizens because fundamentally that's something that is really lacking uh, like among the masses right when it comes to like I mean like knowing your right in order for you to actively like contribute to society most times we live like. It's been established that we live in a democratic way. That's why these leaders have... <laughs> they can tell us anything. They can impose these coffees mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. But if you know your rights, if you actively seek for your own rights now, it's, it's easier for you It's easier for you to now to fight them back without them retaliating and makes it harder for them to keep, um, to keep, defend, to keep defending against, against the attack, of, uh, which, which, which is what's happening. I, I think like, it's, easier, it's easier for them... What's my point, Sarah? <laughs> I, I lost my, I lost my children. Mean, it's easier, it's, it's easier for the people protesting to be able to address the situation. Exactly. They and they can exactly, do so with more confidence. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly what points to target. And I agree with you a thousand percent. Like, what Flowers is doing, again, is key because they will keep, if, you, if you're not aware of the game, they'll find ways, like things like that, like the 24 hour cup, you know, mm-hmm. to, to break down momentum. Like, if you're not aware of things like that, then it will be much easier for them to be able to disband this whole thing. But understanding, the system that's already been in place that gives you the advantage would mm-hmm. allow you to emphasize your yeah, your, right. your 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 yeah your right your strategy and all these things more. So just looking because watching what Files has been doing, like there's actually so much, not so much, but there's a lot of things we can actually be doing that they have to respond from the respond mm-hmm. respond to. So targeting those things specifically exactly. actually would help keep the momentum going because if we just lose sight and keep making it yeah emotional emotional should always always drive like that's like, where nationalism but, comes from but, but you still need to be okay even leave okay what like um even if you're willing to say okay don't give us this one but we want this one or we want this one or we want that one or you're supposed to be always this one and you're always that one it's harder for them to come up with bullshit stories like that so yeah, fully agree with your yeah. point. And it leads me to my second. Go on, please. Uh, on that note, with Faust, another aspect of what I love that he's doing is he's breaking down these concepts into layman terms. Yeah, that's phenomenal. Um, and we're seeing efforts like that. And there's some links I shared to you guys of it's very clear more educated members of society handing yeah. out pamphlets to I guess yeah. people that are less so really able them. to get them to be tapped in the way you mentioned to be able to know their rights and all that so efforts like that those pamphlets handing out or files breaking down these larger concepts into layman's terms like 
that's where we really do need to extend the hand because the the forefront of these movements are people that are so tapped in because they've been bereaved and they're very much aware that they have been. Mm. Now we need to extend that to the people that are truthfully angry, them, angry themselves, but they lack the depth of understanding. There's a need to extend the hand to them mm. to bring them up to your level. Yeah. Can I ask a question, if Sorry. you guys don't mind? Please, um, With the protests now, one of the major assets that they've had is a lack of centralized leadership because it's harder to suppress when everybody's the face of a movement versus one person that can, I guess, dull the flame from within. Um, then let me ask you guys, how do you ensure that mob mentality doesn't ensue while keeping the system this way? Because there's a lot of calls for them to, to put a leadership structure in place, but it's very clear that that's not the case. So how do you then, if, that's not, if we're not going to get leaders, how do you ensure that we don't just fall into mob mentality? I think as opposed to, as opposed to leaders, um, the, to me, um, <laughs> Leadership is that that soul leadership is what sorry that soul leadership in a way is what made Nigeria what Nigeria is today because it just got again time back they got a group of people to confirm that they recognize them as leaders and eventually they use them for our own downfall. I I'm all I'm more under the notion of like the elected councils of people like I think people should actively put like a sort of like a like a council together that will kind of represent the masses as opposed to like just one leader that's answerable to everything. Like we should have like a, we should have a panel of people. Like just the way they're saying like, um, I don't know if you guys, if you guys saw so, uh, like a, a proposition by, um, I think Faust that on channels TV or something, I was watching it like the other day and it was saying that like every state will have like a panel that will answer that, that you know, that will always document like police brutality mm. in order for them to give like pro. A, yeah. So I, I think for this protest, that's, that's, that's a way, if there's so much emphasis on leadership, I think that's the best way we can go. I am so scared that this protest will give us like one leader. Because if you have one leader, I think that this would be, it would be like the demise of the revolution we're fighting for. Because if you have that one leader, it's easy for, it's easy for them to just call him inside, sweet talk him, and then now everybody believes in him, he can come and calm everybody down, and that causes his fault. I don't believe I don't I don't feel like we should have one soul leader. I believe in the panel. I don't know what you Yeah. No, I agree with you. Um I think yeah, having just one leader creates an easy target. Like that's that's just facts. Um so having um organization an organization like a group of people coming together and taking responsibility to organize because I feel like in this situation, everybody should be a leader. Because leadership is about your own like self-drive. Like, whatever you're doing, you're supposed to be a leader. However, we have organizers. We have people that are channeling certain resources and certain strategies in, mm -hmm. in certain directions. So having that, those organization groups, I feel, is key. Um, I've seen from the NSAS protest or movement... Um, People, um, groups like the feminist coalition. So I don't, I don't want to, see, I don't know, I don't care who started it. I don't want to see a name. Yeah. I don't want to see anything. Don't tell me you. I just know it's the feminist coalition doing this. I don't know, say another organization doing this. Maybe the ones looking for outer healthcare. Yes. another organization feeding people. Just that. Just organizations going after this with clear points and agendas and accountabilities. But not, no one should come and say I started this or. I, I saw that the other day, yeah. by the way. There's this guy, this, um, <laughs> I can't, oh, God, I can't really remember his name. 
he even has a Wikipedia page right now. It's like, yeah, like he started the hashtag of N. I'm just like, that's so Don't counterproductive. Like, Shut nobody up. wants to hear what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Like, at the end of the day, okay, great that you sparked this fire, but it's not your fight. It's yeah. everybody's yeah. fight. Like, we're all fighting for something. Yeah. We're all fighting for a common goal and all that kind of stuff. In fact, actually, what's your point? I didn't even ask her. I just got carried away with my emotions. What's your <laughs> point? Do you think we should have one centralized leader or my, what do you think? The thing is, we've been so um, let down by leadership in the past that we've thus created this stigma around it. Yeah. Um, that there can be no good leaders per se. No, there can but be good leaders. Truthfully, man, on ground in Nigeria, you don't buy anything anybody <laughs> tells you. Let's not kid ourselves. Ah, facts. Right? <laughs> facts. And that being said, facts. <laughs> even in something this good and this pure, once people begin to put their head out, everyone's beginning to ask, what's your ulterior mm. motive? Um, so I agree with Chips in that sense that there needs to be structures in place. Yeah. But then, at that, structures too can become corrupt. They can yeah. become power hungry. Unions. What, you're talking about that. What checks and balances are in place for each of them to ensure that they are going to remain accountable and remain on task is the next thing. Say the feminist coalition is indirectly, informally nominated to lead this movement now. Who's to say that everybody within that will not begin to change their own drives behind what, why they're doing what they're doing? So it's that accountability. They're not elected. Nobody's put these people in these places. They happen to be goodwilled and it's shown through and that's where they, where they are. Files are the same. Um, how then we can, can we continue to count on that goodwill? What accountability we have in place? What happens if they step out of line? Are there orders in which you can put the next person in or the next group? Yeah. This stuff needs to be panned out because if we are talking full-scale revolution that you're speaking about, what are we revolting against? We're revolting against a system of bad governance and all of the above unaccountability. It has to start from today in the structure that you're building to create that next movement, you know? Yeah. If we get what we want, we can't then start looking, okay, how are we going to start doing this? The structures have to exist in what we're building from today. People buy into that idea and join the movement accordingly. Yeah. What do you guys think about then, this is just a funny take, since this is your take on leadership, um, individuals like Sanwa Olu walking alongside the protesters, or Yaya Bello, governor of Kogi State, saying that he wants to be the leader of NSARS protests, like since there's none, he nominates himself. What do you think about the existing powers? Yeah. Oh. And Senator Dino Malaye now posting the times when he was on the police, like in the police station, and they shot up his G wagon and all this stuff. Bugatti what, what, what do you guys <laughs> think about um, existing members of society, of high society, wanting to chime into these movements? I'm sorry, but like I'm going to. Are be, they not welcome? Yeah, I'm <laughs> going to be. I'm going to be very. I'm going to be a very um, biased point there, but. If you've been in government in Nigeria, I don't give a fuck about opinion. I don't like. I actually don't care sure. because you, care. you've had all your opportunity to enact change in the smallest way possible. I know it's impossible for you to change it, but you've had you've had you've had a chance to do something. Like someone like Dino Malaya, 
all he does is just show you pictures of bags of rice and all that stuff. But there's roads in Kogi State that if you drive on them, you die. Like, you literally die just from potholes and all that kind of stuff. And he's in charge of them. No, of the, that feeds on the Nigerian mentality. Dino Malaya has no jurisdiction in that space. No, I, but... He gets but, 200M constituency allowance. He can build schools with it. He can buy bags of rice. He doesn't have to fix the road. That's no, no, but the thing is, like, at least... At least you can you can still you can still highlight the you can still Make highlight the need yeah. you can highlight you can highlight the need for good road because if I'm building efficient schools right now and people are dying on the road before they go to school what is the point but of the honest, school? To be honest, he's good at that. That's why he's going to the level that he's at. That yeah. guy knows how to say all the right things. No, but he's saying the right. No, again, goes back to your point. You need to judge people on merit. It's not about Indeed. saying or what you're telling me or any. No, what what have you done? Show me. Good for your English, but what have you actually done? Show me what you've done. And then now, if you show me what you've done, I can judge whether you're a good or a bad leader. So they're not welcoming this? No, absolutely not welcoming, in my opinion. The, 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 the stupidity of it is, you're already in the space. We are, we are on the street protesting because we are not government officials. Exactly. So you're not supposed to be on the street roads. You're already in the rooms. Go talk to your colleagues like in that space exactly. that you're in. So it makes no sense. So any leader I see doing the... And, if people are buying it, I, I mean, I don't know what to tell you because that was just, that was stupid. Like, he shouldn't be here on the street. Um, but touching on, just I wanted to touch on the point when we say, when you were brought up how to prevent um, um, an organization from becoming corrupt. Like, mm-hmm. like how, in, in, like, if we have all the leadership show of people that became informal leaders, I feel like, which I feel is the, is the problem that has been with every most black revolution that we've seen in the last hundreds of years mm. is that we don't put equity into our revolution right mm. so when you have this informal leaders complete if you don't put equity if everybody like i said everybody's a leader you just have organizers when you have all these organizations come if you don't put equity in them then there's no accountability that you have from them indeed so you need to start putting equity so if you have an organization like the feminist coalition donate money to them offer your services offer offer something to them so in that way you have equi- the same equitable fi- equi- equitable mm-hmm. fights with them in what you're doing so they can't come and tell you oh shut up and you don't ask me no 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 i mean i'm funding this as well so now you owe me um yeah. a, a report of what you're you share. shareholder yeah. yeah exactly i'm a shareholder so i feel like that's the way we can prevent all these organizations from going off course or losing track of coming corrupt that's a good stuff. point yeah I was going to touch on the point of um, of revolution, right? Um, I had a question. Do you think our generation is equipped enough? Do you think our generation is equipped enough to enact the change that we're fighting for in terms of protests? How we show? Are we like how we how we setting that these protests won't end up like say like I don't know um, like for example the Black Lives Matter movement that's happened now and again mm. yes there's so much light in it but there's actually nothing there's no law that's been passed in light to that so how we like from a Nigerian point of view this answers because it's a very powerful movement and mm-hmm. same scale as that how like are you confident that generation like will pull like will enact the change we want to enact because already there's Already, there's already different problems. We are highlighting social media. We are highlighting how these governors are coming in place. We are highlighting the possibilities of, of you know, possible panels getting corrupt and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Are you confident that we can achieve what we want to achieve? So, I'm confident in the fact that I know 
we have more information access to more information than our parents generation did so that gives me a bit of confidence that we can close it however in order for us to actually do close it i feel like we need to be so this protest can go on forever like it's like this one protest it can go on forever like everybody has to be realistic so the, the aim is before it either reaches its natural end or someone shuts it down we need to get something just one thing that we can build on and we just have that mindset there we, we set up five but we need to make sure that we get one so that by the time it comes back around because it will come back around then we build up on that one but if we if we go from an idealistic perspective of yeah answers we're going to protest night and day answers answers that reduces my confidence because i'm i know in reality this is not sustainable so mm-hmm. we need to make sure that in this time zone that in this time frame that we do have get one thing and then at least we have something to build on when we move forward so that would be my answer but what do you think more uh that was very succinct i without being diplomatic say your mind no that was <laughs> <your> very simple <laughs> i'm trying not to get counted into please rephrase the question for me so in our generation right mm-hmm. <clears throat> do we have what are you com- no 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 it's okay. not do we are you individually are you confident we can achieve what the goal we are trying to achieve in terms of let's we are all agreeing that there's a revolution right yeah, it's not just yeah, inside yeah. that, evidently that's what's happening are you confident that we can actually make that change that we want to that we want to we want to see in nigeria and if so why actually add plus b as well ah to be honest that first half of it mm. that we all know i don't i don't think we all know there's revolution i, I feel like i feel like the thought of a revolution one is quite daunting mm. for a lot of people that are out there protesting even now mm, right they would like that, we wouldn't like that, but I feel like it's very daunting. Um, to echo what you've said, I feel like we do have access to all the information. No, to be honest with you, I, lo- I love that, and I was, that was going to be my. I wish you let me speak. <laughs> <laughs> like, but no, you get it. <laughs> <you're not. laughs> that was a year. <laughs> All the tools are at disposal mm. for us to be able to do so. Mm. So I see no reason why not. Mm-hmm. Now, I feel if structural changes are made, because although you're speaking about this larger revolution, we are, I feel like we're only equipped to handle what we're handling right now. If you're talking full-scale, like, political, social, economic overhaul, a lot, a lot, a lot of structural change needs to happen within the movement. Mm, mm. And once that is established, then honestly, with the numbers and the, some of the strategies I'm seeing right now, I believe so. Mm. There needs to be a lot of mobilization of the ill-informed masses that have been created by the system that we're complaining mm, about. Mm. If that's done, and that major restructuring, as I mentioned, I see no reason why not. If I'm now, honest with you. Sorry, now let me follow, let me follow up with a question, mm. right? And actually to both of you guys. I think it's going to be the same. But, uh, yeah. but with all these things going on, how do we make sure this doesn't turn into like Arab Spring? If you go into, if, if you go into like full effect of revolution. Because evidently like now, I think now we're going with more from the point of emotions. We're tired of this shit. 
we want to change it, right? We're protesting, we're protesting against our government from all over the world, and everybody's seen exactly what's wrong with Nigeria. How do we now make sure that it doesn't turn into a full Irish thing? Yeah. Yes, I'm asking. You. <laughs> Okay. Um as you said, I think was to an extent solely emotional. There was a lot of rage that came from that space. Yeah. However, there was a huge power vacuum that was left afterwards because mm. of a lack of a contingency plan. Yeah. So prior to stepping into that large scale revolution that you're speaking about. Yeah, there is going to be a need for there needs to be a blueprint of what it is that we're after on the other side. Look at NSARS right now. There's those five points that they want addressed. That's ideal. Yeah, the same way a presidential candidate is going to come with his full-fledged manifesto as to what he wants to achieve is the same way there needs to be that unified voice as to what we want on the other side. So if we manage to topple the system, there's already a playbook as to how to go about yeah, it. Okay. One right and that as i said begins from day one of protesting that system of governance that you see what you want to establish every element that can be usurped into the movement today needs to be usurped into the movement today so nigerians can already begin to feel what it is to be a part of that yeah. um and when the system does come into play it's not new to everybody there's some people that have already been a part of it yeah. and are used to it and, it, and to some extent living that reality can be enough to bring other people into that reality mm -hmm. if you look at the black panthers right people talk about oh they just out here they distributed food they did all that stuff it was it was a strategy they're going into these communities inner cities that kids aren't getting breakfast in the morning people don't have access to health care like, come we will provide you with this, we will provide you with that. But right, if you exactly. sit and you have this meal with us, let's now explain exactly. to you yeah. the yeah. tactics that have enabled us to do this. And people buy into it from there. That's one, right? Um, I've completely lost my chain. I thought I had the second half. So the first was running on emotion in that yeah. space. And then two is an awareness, truthfully, of, I guess, the beast that you're fighting against. So there's eternal and, and external, right? And... To prevent that from happening, it's a huge reason why the Irish Spring is exactly how it is right now. It's because of a ridiculous amount of Western influence. Yeah. A ridiculous amount of it, right? If you look at Libya, they hated Gaddafi years, they got the perfect chance to do so, need reason to topple Egypt. All of them, there was, there was a ridiculous amount of influence from the West. Um, so it needs to be our movement. Mm -hmm. It needs to be our movement. And even if some, we have some shrewd enough individuals that can i guess if you if you're wanting some western i guess financial backing whatever you need to be shrewd enough to be able to either not owe them after and be able to stand up to that point or to be smart enough to negotiate things that work or don't do it at all mm. because it has to be hours and hours alone yeah. once they begin to meddle there's owing them this they know how the system works they know how our actors are and they know our buttons to press so as i said those two things mainly those two things mainly. Yeah. Finish your point. No, no, no. Finish your <laughs> point. No, finish your point. I just, I, like, okay, to, to add on a point, sorry, before you answer it, right? Um, I'm coming from the angle of, okay, the Arab Spring, right? It was evident that the West had problem with the leaders. Like, mm -hmm. they had a problem with us, so it was easier for them to make, it was easier for them to create a revolution or whatever to disband them. However, with us, as a puppet, like, these are the leaders that is. I mean, effectively, they put in place to continue make 
to continue to make their system thrive, right? Mm-hmm. So obviously, if we achieve, obviously, we, you guys an argument that will achieve this revolution. If we achieve them, we are we are we are somehow disrupting the, the balance of the system they put in place. How are we now sure that they wouldn't come in place again? That's the point, right? So on one hand, they're going to on the onset. There's two battles that are being fought, and by default, as you said, there's a system that works for them. Best believe the U.S. ambassador is going to be living inside Asovila. That partnership is going to be what you're up against. However, if they begin to see a turn of the tide and that these people that they've been hunting on are not of any use to them mm-hmm. anymore, there's no love lost. Yeah. There's, no, there's no, like, I guess, intrinsic love right, they have for yeah. these individuals. Okay. They can look for the next big best deal. And if it's the three of us that are making this movement happen, if the step is, let's see if we can come and infiltrate one of them to betray this and to do that and we'll fund this person give them all this yeah. access and then they're going to be the face of it and they're a new puppet or none of us are willing to can we take them out can we do you get my point mm. like you just have to be hyper aware in that space but nonetheless you have something to say no i mean i mean you flipped it on me so i completely agree with um everything you said oh wow just, <laughs> oh wow 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 <laughs> I just but i mean you've you've you pretty much touched now i was going to ask um so what i mean you've touched on the two having a contingency plan um, maintaining ownership of the movement. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask what what other restructuring do you feel the the movement had to do? I mean, but these two, I mean, these two are pretty big ones. So if you don't have any, that's fine. But that was going to be my question, like, because you mentioned the movement yeah. to be structured. So that was going to be my question. Nah, but I mean, on that note of answers, man, I think you know we're going to wrap it up. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a great conversation, and honestly, like. Side note, before we end it, man, I was going to say, like, our generation, we need to just continue pushing for it, man. And we can't, we don't have any excuse because we, we have, more, in fact, we even have more information than the railway people that put Nigeria on the standstill. <laughs> so if they can yeah. do that, if they can do that, we need to top theirs, like, time three. And the way we are going, I, I love the way we are going. I just hope we just don't lose focus and, you know. If I may, before you shut it down, yeah. the reason why... And if they can blast this section in every single protest, keep going, keep striving, don't lose momentum because one victory like this can be the domino effect of what yeah, we're after. Right, right, right. We, we live in this generation, the last one, the one before, have never had a victory against such a formidable opponent mm-hmm. in the system that exists, yeah. right? And this one thing, you may look small on the grand scale of yeah. things, but if you manage to overcome this in that you've come together and your movement has caused some positive change in your life, best believe when you're looking for the grander scale ones, you're going to look and be like, mm. we mobilized and we made that shit happen. Mm. So there's no reason why it can't happen now. Mm. And this small victory, Wallahi Baba, it can be a huge domino effect, man. Right. So Wallahi, whoever's out there, man, keep it up. And you know what I was yeah. going to say again, like, as young Nigerian youth, right, like, we shouldn't give up so on the fact that, like, by now, I feel like we should be aware of how the government used tactics to, like, de-escalate situations. In the day, the day of elections, elections time and time again will tell you um, there's there's corruption during election, all that kind of stuff. And then everybody now no, and then and then everybody goes under this notion that like everybody goes under the notion that like you know I'm not going to fight anyway yeah. because ah, my vote doesn't count. And that's how yeah. you keep having bad leaders, yeah. right? So now evidently this war exactly is happening now. They're trying to shut down their coffee mm. here. Or, mm. Don't get frustrated by this anti. Like it's just, well, it's just the same thing that they're doing, like but yeah. just from a different angle. 
Yes, okay, they'll do the coffee, but they'll, that coffee they can't continue it because they'll lose so much money yeah. that they don't even have. Shame so, when, guys, so when they stop that thing, you just know, continue. You see that start about Lefty yeah. Tobe? Yeah, 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 guys. That thing blew my mind. That's see wild. money, man. That's wild. Somebody yeah. said, correction, Lagos isn't losing. Tinubu is losing. Guys, like, <laughs> that. But um on that note man, I right, peace out man. Watch out for the next episode. Yes. Thanks right. for having us. Uh, man.